everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mailfuzz TV. I am Peter, and joining me as always is Matt. Yeah, let's get down on it. And Firefly is taking the spot on the screen where uh-huh. Connor usually lives. Uh, I figured one ginger for another felt fair, although this one's Fair's much cuter. So I think that works. So yeah, we have a DC Comics on this show, and coming up on this week's show, we have quite a list of books for you. We got Action Comics 1016, Wonder Woman 81, The Flash 81, Batman Superman number three, Justice League Dark 16, Batgirl 40, Freedom Fighters number ten, Aquaman Annual number two, Black Adam Year of the Villain issue one, and Batman Curse of the White Knight number four. So you know, pretty hefty week. Um, I did fall a bit behind on my reading this week and did have to cut Dial H for Hero. I'm not actually intentionally cutting it for good. It was just a, a crunch, a time crunch issue. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of books this week. There was a lot of books. So uh, that is what happened. But uh, that's still a good, healthy, what, 10, 11 books there? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so we do have a little bit of news. We got sales this month, or this week. Oh no! Talk I made up. a huge mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got yeah. sales. Pete, didn't I tell you I have something to do? I'll be back when you're done with sales figures. <laughs> oh no! Don't worry. We got sales figures. Um, uh, so no. that's that's good fun. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. That, that that'll be the show. Um, a few small news items as well, but nothing nothing super super extravagant. So. You know what? We gotta let it go. We'll start a little bit later. I'm just gonna go fire straight into the, the, the sales. Right? Alright. You know, I'm just gonna assume Matt had a decent week. I know he didn't. He only had a bad day already, but <laughs> I'm just gonna Yeah, hear. I mean uh, <laughs> my week was pretty good. But other other than, you know, some some stupidity that happened this morning. Uh but yeah, no, it, it's fine. I I did notice that I told Pete last week that uh I hadn't been to the movie since it and mm-hmm. then I was saying talking to friends at the shop. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, when Jojo Rabbit's coming out soon. I don't know when. I saw the second trailer. And I was like, where did I see that second trailer? I haven't been to the movie. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> when my brother was here, we saw Joker. <laughs> That's how much of an impact that movie made on me that I forgot I went to see it at the theater. Yeah. Yeah. At chapter 2 maybe the last time I was in the theater as well. Although I do yeah. have one coming up this week because Terminator Dark Fate is, uh, is upon is us. Is that out this week already? Um, it came out this week here. It's out in the US okay. on like Thursday or whatever. But uh, I'll be doing the review Shoot. on the Ace this coming week, so I'll be seeing I'm it on. I don't know Wednesday. Squeeze Thursday. that in sometime. Yeah, I'm gonna squeeze that in sometime. But uh, um, cautiously optimistic. The the, yeah, the buzz yeah. is okay. Um, uh, one of the buzz I heard it said it, it basically Force Awakens Terminator, so where it kind of streamlines things and you know so reboots will also be in a sequel. So, yeah, which that's good. Which is better for better and worse. I I think you know it's that's good if you want a continuation. But it sounds like yeah, it's still going to feel separate from T one and T two. Like you know that mm-hmm. the the ship of actually feeling like the genuine third movie is probably long sailed because we're just too far gone now to even attempt right. to do that. But um, I hope I hope I like it because I've hated the last three. If you go go check out uh, the sci fi yes. movie podcast that well, I do, uh, um, when show in place the the last three. You know what that means, right? We, we've been over this. No. <laughs> when show in place. So, so, so when show in place. It's just you, you order them, you know. It's based off of like pageants. Like the winner's the okay, top. Okay, sure. Show is like the next and then places um, of the three that you really don't like. I mean, all three are bad. 
uh, the yes. last three Terminator movies. Well, and that's why you're doing this. Yes. That's what they all have in common. I did spend two hours per movie ranting about them on the Atomic Cinema Experiment, which you can go check out. But if I'm ordering them, the best of the three, and this is a change actually from my memory, because watching them again has altered mm-hmm. the order. I would actually put Terminator Salvation as, as the best of the three, having okay. watched them again. Uh, still full of problems, but uh, Terminator 3 comes next because Terminator 3 has aged horrendously and the comedy in that made me want to punch a puppy in the face. It was that oh, bad. no, that's not good. Keep this man away from puppies. Um, no, Terminator 3 is absolute garbage and uh, has, has aged absolutely terribly. Um, and <laughs> aged it, like ranch dressing. In, in, in your memory, you're probably thinking it wasn't too bad. It was like an okay sequel. It's not. Trust me. It's 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 it's, it's age worse than you remember I, it. I've only seen that one once. Yes. Uh, by the time you get to Arnold taking his clothes off a stripper and saying "talk to the hand," you you'll you'll be begging for mercy. Um, and Ouch. then last place, no change here though, is Terminator Genesis, which is the Batman v Superman of the Terminator franchise. <laughs> it is Ouch. diabolically bad and insanely stupid. With a horrible cast, for the most part. I mean, J.K. Simmons tries his best to save it, but he's in a bit role. There's only so much. What, he can what's do. the line? I remember Skinner when we were when we reviewed it. Does he say, "Oh, it's the damn time traveling robots"? He, yeah, he he basically lines. he goes into a security room with the security cameras. He sees mm-hmm. the guards been like knocked out or killed, and he he just sort of turns around and goes, "God damn time traveling robots covering the yeah. tracks." <laughs> yeah. That, that's all I really remember that. Uh, and of course, Amelia Clark and Jason Clark. Right, Jason Clark's on that one, right? Yeah, yeah he's, he's John Connor, yeah. And then you get Jai Courtney as Kelly. They replaced Michael B with Jai Courtney. Yeah. Ouch. I'm not happy, I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy Damn, about that. Traveling robots. Well, let's talk comic book sales then for the month of September Damn it. 2019. You know, we used to have a supervisor, and if you talked to him about sports, he would forget why he came to talk to you, mm-hmm. and then you'd, you'd get away with things. And I thought if I do this with AEW, <laughs> no, Pete Pete always remembers. Hey, that, that uh, wrestling segment is like peak bonus content for Patreon now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, no, uh, we have sales figures for month of September 2019. Uh, I mean, over seven books were over 100,000, which is quite mm-hmm. healthy um in terms of that of course like there's always the caveat of like how many of these variants are you know certain publishers putting into their the things mm-hmm. and and whatnot and that number one has to be padded in some way but and this is for september this is for september i actually wonder okay. if you could even guess what number one is i don't even know if this is on your radar that this was a thing uh so we'll is, find it, out. is it marvel or it's is not, it it's not marvel so that means it's image because if it's on my radar it would be at dc <laughs> Uh, is it The Walking Dead? No, no, that that final issue already happened. That was already happened. August or whatever. Yeah. Shoot. It was a big yeah. anniversary number for a big series. That's not Marvel. Not Marvel. Issue three hundred of something. What could be up to issue three hundred? at image. Man, Spawn. <laughs> Yep, Spawn. Spawn. <laughs> Spawn. Spawn issue 300, which is an $8 book, sold 262,000 copies. Um, I don't oh. know how many variants there were or what, what, you know, what shenanigans got to that. Um, but All the variants. Fair enough. There you go. Did well. Uh, I didn't even realise that... I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't realise Spawn was still 
publishing monthly. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Um, that's just how long Spawn's been going. Um, but then we get to obviously all the stuff you might know about. Um, number two is um, uh, I'm gonna guess it's an absolute carnage. It is not. No. Uh, X Men. No, actually. But as Marvel. Uh, if it's not Carnage, it's not X Men. It's a Spider Man. It's Spider Man number one, and I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm so out of the loop on what Marvel's doing. I have no idea what the Spider Man number one is. Me neither. Well, I mean, was that a new Miles book? Was it like what did it replace? Uh, like, about to find out. Yeah, let's find out. What was Spider Man issue one from last month? Let's find out. I'm, I'm. This is the J.J. Abrams one with his son. Ah, it's just called Spider Man. It's just called Spider Man number one. Yeah, that's weird. Well, of course, it's 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 the Abrams and Sarah Pacelli. So just, that it, makes sense. It's weird for a mini, though, right? I mean, yeah. Weird for a mini. I'm sure yeah. they ordered a bunch of them because a it's Spider Man, b it's the number one. You know, yeah. so shops are going to order these. Um, so I'm sure if you're reading Spider-Man, you're going to pick this up. Um, so that did 156,000 copies. No, no, right. Um, so you can guess these next few as a batch. What are numbers three, four, five, and six? Are those are those Powers of X and House of X? House of X number five, then Powers of X yeah. number five, then Powers of X issue four, then House of X issue four. Uh, with 139... So 137, 127, 119,000 respectively. So they're picking up more steam as they're going, so that means word of mouth's working. Um, well, I don't know, it's hard to say because obviously 4 and 5 would have been ordered at the same time, so I presume that 5 just had more covers or something like that, and that's why it's I don't, a higher order. Yeah, I don't know. Because they'd have been ordered at the same time, it's not like there's word of mouth between 4 and 5 because they're out in the same mm-hmm. month. Yeah, I, I got caught up with those. Uh, I still have to read X-Men number 1. I'm, I'm still a little bit behind because uh, of all the damn DC books this week. However, there was a thing that happens in the Powers of X6 that I kind of thought was going to happen. That usually doesn't happen with Hickman, right? Like, mm. I don't know too many people that can guess what's going to happen. But the, but the fact that the breadcrumbs are there makes you wonder, what's he have up his sleeve? You know, nothing's what it seems. So, Number seven uh, yeah. is finally a DC book. It's a Batman. Nope. No, it's a... It's not deceased. Um, Harleen. Nope. No? Shoot. What did we have in September? What did we have in September? Ranks... What type of anniversary do we have? <laughs> I'll just tell you. It was Doomsday Clock, man. <laughs> Doomsday oh, Clock number yeah. 11. Uh, I forget. It's it's forever. Well, 100, 115,000 copies that did. Speaking of that, mm-hmm. first episode of Watchmen? Oh, yeah. Legit. I enjoyed it as well. Um, yeah, I, I watched it based off of your, your reaction on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, I'm so glad. I, this is going to be like, uh, I'm going to try to figure out how to watch it on Sunday as it airs. Mm. Like I used to with Game of Thrones, which is the only time I ever did that. I don't know if I'll be successful, but yeah. yeah it, uh, it Watchmen was pretty solid. It's doing its own thing. It's, it's actually kind of weird given that I we read comics because it kind of feels like an alternative to Doomsday Clock because it's kind of like it this, this, the sequel to Watchmen that's not related to the DC universe. It's just a sequel to Watchmen right. <laughs> set in 2019. Yeah, and, and I'm noticing little tiny things there 
like when they were listing the presidents, it wasn't the same order as I remember, at least from Doomsday Clock. Mm. You know, so there's these little tiny things that they're they're changing. Not that they matter, right? But I think the reason but, why it reminds me of it is because it is, in the same way with Doomsday Clock, where like we're kind of like filling in what the last thirty years are, so yep. we're kind of learning some of the new mythology as we go and. Um, it's very tense in places. Um, I mean, me and Tara reviewed it, and I think the, the review went an hour easily without much effort. Yeah. So, you know, a lot, a lot of depth to talk it's about. Re- really good, and I'm waiting for the next issue of Doomsday Clock. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so I was Doomsday Clock at number seven. Number eight, um, you guessed this earlier for, some, for one of the numbers. <laughs> Boy, Absolute Carnage. Yep, Absolute Carnage, number three, uh, with 95,000. Uh, number nine, we're back to a DC book. Is this a Batman? Nope. It's not a Batman book. He actually guessed this earlier too as well. Ah, shoot. Is it Deceased? Yep, Deceased, a good day to die with 90,000. Hey, Deceased is doing not bad. I'm glad for Tom I'm, Taylor. I'm glad. And that was a fun issue too. That was the good yeah. one. I'm glad for Tom I mean, Taylor. Been um, good, but that was the different one. And then number 10 is also a DC book, thankfully. Given that Marvel and Image, like co-opted the top six i'm glad that there's at least a few dc here in the bottom of the top there yeah uh you also guessed this earlier is it harleen harleen number one uh with yeah. eighty-four thousand copies which is ain't too shabby for an eight dollar book so 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 yeah so what i'm learning is is that the for the industry to keep going i just feel like you bring quality now, I, I, I've heard good things about Absolute Carnage. So out, out of all of these, I feel like Spawn's really the only one that's gimmicking the, mm. the placement with, with a bunch of extra covers. The rest of them, though, I feel like they're... It's because well, they're all... I feel like Spider-Man know. probably is a little bit as well. I mean, I know it's a Spider-Man issue one. That's a little bit gimmick, too. Yeah. But, but yeah, just I'm looking at a at the... The rest of them on there, they're all varying degrees of good. Yeah, so, yeah, and I, I think what I like about the, the the list at least is that House of X and Power of X, like issue one, I might not, I might have dismissed a bit more, but this is issues four yeah. and five, so this is more of a what it's settled into, which is respectable, yeah. uh, more than respectable even. Um, but no, uh, happy to see the season Harley on there because uh, it was a good. Yeah. I was a doomsday yeah. clock too. Um, you kept guessing Batman. The, the first Batman was number eleven actually. Uh, yeah. Well, when I say Batman, I'm, I'm thinking of anything related to Batman. Yeah. As Batman does sell. Interestingly, so, the next issue of Batman because there's two. Obviously, issue seventy nine is down yeah. at number eighteen. Uh, with yeah, six sixty one thousand. That's interesting. That's, people, are, uh, people are seeing JRJR and uh, like, okay, I'm going to get that one. <laughs> that may be true, actually. But that's that's nineteen. That's almost 20,000 less than the issue 78. I wonder... That, that's, that must be the lowest Batman. Oh, wait, actually, wait a minute, wait a minute. Was this split up because of the card variant? Because they're, they're listed as separate? I think it might have been. Mm-hmm. That'll be why. That'll yeah, that, probably not, be why. That's good. That would explain the sudden drop, because we've, we've talked about that before, how they yeah. kind of split them up bizarrely so it actually kind of stops a lot of those dc books from getting higher placements because their their totals are split compared to everything else yeah batman 69 there's a second placement for the card stock with twenty three thousand. so it's actually a couple of thousand up from the other one all right that's good because 60 looked quite bad there for batman but it's actually yeah. 80 odd again so uh okay that makes sense. and that's down at number 95 which makes sense because it's just mm-hmm. a fraction of the total but um yeah, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. Mm-hmm. It, it does mean DC's books across the board are really hard to track with these card variants because they're splitting them up all over the place. But 
Yeah, that's a pain. Um, but yeah, Event Leviathan's only got about thirty odd thousand sales though. Down at number fifty six. Yeah. I feel like that would be doing better than well, that. Well, as we're feel, as we're finding out, that's not so much a event as much as it's a mini. I think what's interesting so, though is it's kind of showing that Bendis isn't exactly pushing a lot of copies of things. He's just no. he's, he's got his loyalists who are obviously sticking with him. But I wonder how DC yeah. feel about that. Yeah, I don't know. I yep. mean, they're giving him free reign, so he's got more books coming out. So yeah, Action Comics one thousand fifteen from last month did thirty five thousand. I mean, yeah. you know that seems a little bit low to me. But we'll see. We'll see. And again, that's doing better than Shazam by Johns. Although Shazam by Johns had so many delays that I don't know if we can even use that as a a fair comparison. But okay, okay, all right. Uh, well, that's pretty much the sales then um, for the month of September. A um, couple of news items. I will mention first something we didn't really notice in the solicits last week. It's hard, it's hard to notice when something's just missing, especially when it's something that hadn't started yet. Uh, but we, we should have been expecting Batman Catwoman in those solicits, and they weren't there because mm-hmm. we thought they were coming January. Yeah. Um, but I got I got an ad for it. Um, oh sure. Somewhere. I mean, so I saw that. an ad. I mean, it's definitely coming. Uh, basically, Tom King did an interview yeah. this week and explained that they don't want any fill-ins on the art, so they've pushed it back a little bit just to make sure Clay, Clay Man can get ahead. Um, he's already drawing <laughs> the first few issues because uh, the scripts are in, so, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, so it's a fine reason. Nothing to yeah. be, be I, mad I about. feel like the world's kind of cold on Tom King, which is kind of good uh, for me anyways. So, um... I'm looking forward to that Adam Strange book, though. Yeah, me too. That's that's what I'm saying. That means that can be people can be surprised again. Yeah. When it turns out and, and it's good. That said, it, it might not be good, and I might hate the first issue, but you know, won't know until mm-hmm. we get it. Ugh. Yeah, uh, Jorge Jimenez was teasing on uh, on the twitters about what him and Snyder are moving on to after Justice League. Yeah, he was pointing out that it's also his last issue of Justice League, and uh, not just yeah. Snyder's. And they've got something big planned uh, f- between them uh, for after. So, I don't know. Are we getting Snyder and Jimenez JSA? Are we getting Snyder and Jimenez something after? Who knows? I don't know. I, fi- can't, I can't even think. Outside of JSA, I don't know what else to think. Are we finally getting like a, a non-Morrison Green Lantern book? Are they going to some sort of cosmic? Don't, don't do that to me. <laughs> don't do that to me. I don't know, just, just, just thoughts. Uh, also, the the photo that Newsarama have used for this story is Jorge Jimenez in a super, like a really good Superman outfit, with his son also in a Superman outfit. So really, <laughs> they really went for a well done. A, a related image there. Uh, and then the last thing is that we got an advanced bit of solicit news for Dark Multiverse Infinite Crisis. So you know we've had these dark, well, we have had one of these Dark Crisis or sorry, not Dark Crisis, Dark Multiverse uh, books. <laughs> Although Dark Crisis is what it's maybe building to. Okay. Um, and there was actually some articles about that this week as well about uh, uh, you know what what we're we building to with this dark crisis with uh, Tempest Fujinot and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, so apparently this uh, Infinite Crisis one it's basically going to be. And it's funny because we were talking about uh, Infinite Crisis and Blue Beetle and you know Ted Cord specifically mm-hmm. and how that all started. Uh, apparently this is going to start with instead of Cord being killed by Max Landis, Cord's going to kill Max Landis, <laughs> and that's going to be the the, the change. You you want you want to rewind that. You, you what did said I say? Max Landis, not Max Lord. 
Max Lords. <laughs> Maxwell Lord. So instead of Maxwell Lord killing Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle's going to kill Maxwell Lord, and that'll be the start yeah, of yeah. this one. Who apparently is, is going to be the villain in... Well, one of the villains in Wonder Woman 1984. Well, oh, yeah, the cast. I'm assuming yeah. villain, but I guess they, they cast Pedro Pascal, who is also from Game of Thrones and upcoming The Mandalorian. So that, that's a, it's a pretty nifty pickup for Max Lord. But yeah, uh, Patty Jenkins tweeted out a picture, like um, an old school, like looks like around the time of Infinite Crisis, which would fit the 1984 yeah of of max lord and it said welcome uh, and also tag pedro pascal so i'm just assuming they're but uh oh but yeah no i hope that movie's good i because i, I like the first movie uh the reception of the last act i thought the last act was a bit just generic cg it's, whatever judging it against other dc movies it's it's easily number two you know and it, so it, it's really solid um this one has a chance to go beyond that, I feel, because I feel like they're disconnecting it. Uh, yeah, I hope, I hope it does, and I, I hope this, and I hope Batman are good. Um, you know, I, I've, I've kind of lost hope for Birds of Prey at this point, but <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna see it. So you know, I'm um, chained to these things. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'll see Joker at some point. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, yeah. I've not been motivated. What can I say? Um, I don't get you. I don't blame you. So that that is uh that is the news um uh, for the week, uh, which I mean we can probably get on to Z oh. books. We could talk about DC Comics. Uh, we will start with Action Comics 1016. Brian Michael Bendis writing with Simon Kudransky on the art. So that's uh picked up. Uh, Naomi, of course, has been at the Hall of Justice. Uh, Superman sped off last time to deal with uh, uh a crisis, as it were. And here we see the aftermath of this crisis. We see people being interviewed in the street about the big fight that happened between Superman and Red Cloud. And we kind of jump back and forth to see what the actual fight was. Um, I like this issue a lot. I thought the the action with Superman and Red Cloud was very invigorating. Everyone kind of describing that it felt like Superman was frustrated yeah. or angry was kind of cool. I, I love that instead of being this big, massive fight scene. Like this story is told with a lot of double-page spreads. Mm. But in those double-page spreads... It's the people of Metropolis describing what had happened. So you're getting more pieces of this. Like you're getting a, a big double-page spread of Superman fighting Red Cloud, but in these smaller ones, it's filling that bigger picture in with with the smaller details. So uh, I like that a whole lot. Yeah, that was that was a nice little touch. And then the stuff with uh, Naomi and Batman is always a good. Uh, it's always a good time. I like that that. Bendis seems to enjoy taking the piss out of Batman. Yeah, and, and not in a mean spirit way. Which I can always get behind. So. Yeah, but not in a mean spirit way. It always feels very kind of genuine. No. Um, but I, I think to point out the structure here of the book is that you know it's them describing the fight with Superman and Red Cloud and how he's kind of getting his ass kicked. Um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't reveal that Naomi got involved until they kind of bring up that there was light or that you know someone else showed up, and then we see the light, and it's like, oh, this must be Naomi. So then it cuts back to Naomi in the Hall of Justice and deciding to go and help uh superman and it's got this little moment of defiance where you know she sees it on the news and batman's like nah you, you can't go that uh you, you you've got an alpha level power and you've got no training like there's, there's no way you can do this mm-hmm. and she's like alpha power yeah okay thanks bye and batman just has there's a little close-up panel where batman just kind of smirks like okay yep. i like her <laughs> like he's decided that 
so I don't know. I like that. Um, so yeah, the, the fight itself is pretty good. Um, basically, uh, you know, Red Cloud's been enhanced by whatever tech Lex Luthor is given her, and uh, that's something that sort of comes up in conversation later when we get to the last scene. Uh, but Batman and Superman take Naomi home. And uh, Naomi's mom is like, oh, hey, you're Superman. And I do kind of love how Naomi's like, Batman's around here somewhere. And then Batman appears by the bottom of the page. And she's like, oh, there's Batman. <laughs> and he's like, I'm Batman. <laughs> and her mom's like, damn right you are. Damn right you are. <laughs> the, the one that got me is when they show back up to Oregon. Yeah. And her mom's waiting. And she goes, hi, mom. And Superman, of course, goes, hi, mom. And then there's a hesitation from the Batwing. He goes, hi, mom. Like it's it's delightfully awkward, um, coming from Batman. I like that, and um, but yeah, and then we get to see something's going on with Star Labs here, you know. Yeah, because they're uh, they're going to look because of the portal opening Naomi, you know, yep. uh, from the dimension. Star Labs going to keep yep. an eye on this area and sort of do some scans and yada yada yada. Um, and Superman and Batman are like. I mean, we don't know how much we can trust them right now, so we'll keep an eye on them. But we can't—we don't have time to deal with it ourselves because we've got Leviathan, mm-hmm. and you know, Batman even mentions Bane and everything that he's got going on. Yep. So uh, that's kind of neat. Um, so we meet this Doctor Glory from Star Labs, who's going to kind of liaise with Naomi. So we'll see how that goes. Um, mm-hmm. And then the final little scene is Leon, you know, from the hidden, hidden underground mm-hmm. sort of mafia, who turned down Lex, of course. From it, yep. You know, that's how it ended up with Red Cloud. But she sees that Red Cloud has accepted some stuff from Lex, mm-hmm. and she's like, "This means we're at war. Everyone's at war in, in Metropolis, and it's time to not be so secret. We're going to reveal just how powerful we are." Uh, so we end with her smirking, very sinister. <laughs> yeah, which, which I liked a whole lot. Now says we're going to open up and see how big of an empire we built under them. So I was like, "Oh man, she's gonna make moves now." Yeah. So, in the middle of all the chaos and and doom, mm-hmm. as, as it were. So no, uh, really solid issue. I, I think narratively yeah. it flowed very well. The way it revealed the fight and that Naomi like joined in, and then sort of cut back to the decision to join in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's fun because this felt like a, a nice little two issue, like yeah, crossover with Naomi. Um, yeah, which you know will directly feed into what her season two is going to be. Uh, when that shows up. Uh, although I feel like she's probably going to shop in Young Justice or something before then as well. Yeah. Uh, is what I'd expect. But, mm-hmm. um, no. And uh, no, very good, actually. I think, again, I've said this, I think Kodransky. the last... Yeah, Kodransky yeah. someone I didn't really know, but so far with these action issues, I've been really impressed. Yep. Well, especially how, how this is all broken up with Trish Q interviewing the people. Mm. Uh, and she, there's this other uh, line that we forgot to mention of Perry's kind of pushed her to be a, an actual reporter and not just a gossip reporter. Yeah. So I like that too, that there's a little bit of character building there with her uh, there. And then the first page, which, you know, action's been great with these. They're like the Twitter page, and this one's for uh, the Daily Planet, and there's so much here. Um, yeah, a bunch of references. Uh, one of the hashtags yeah. that's trending, Supergirl Infected, so that's kind of teasing yeah. the uh, Secret Six stuff. And Olsen, Olsen of Gotham, Power of Hex, um... But actually, that, that yeah. power of hex, I almost feel like a subtle wink wink to Marvel to me mm-hmm. because of powers yeah. of hex. I don't know. I right, yeah, that's why I brought it up. Well, yeah. and also because, you know, there's that mystery with Jenny Hex and what's in the trunk. Yeah. Right. But but there was that, too, um, because we know that Bendis and um, Hickman are really close. 
So that, that was fun. But there is the um, stuff about Adam Strange here, too, with the Black Stars United Planets, what's going on off-world and exclusive. Where was it? There's something that stuck out to me, but I got this before bed last night, so a lot of it's, you know, blending together. Um, and the Easter. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, oh, there's the checkmate on the side, which is the first time I've ever seen this in recent mm. times. And so, um, but yeah, so I'm wondering if that's going to tie into Ruckus stuff over in Lois. But yeah, no, I was just truly, really, really solid. Action is, so I keep telling people that if they're going to read one, like Superman's fine, but it seems to be tying into other things more, you know, so action's been kind of chugging along telling that story um here it ties into naomi but i think if you didn't read naomi and pick this up this might make you want to go read naomi so and they're both guilty of it in a way because superman obviously ties into the legion stuff and it tied in mm -hmm. before that it's heavily with supergirl because they were both dealing with rogel czar mm -hmm. um action you know before this naomi stuff it, obviously it led to event leviathan which is again yeah. is, i would uh, tie in's a bit of a weird phrase but because it kind of came from action yeah. but it became this other miniseries that you can go and read right um uh, as someone who likes all this stuff though like <laughs> it's actually a really nice little world that bendis has built a corner of so yeah um, I can't I complain Definitely. too much. Um, so what are you rate in action comics? I'm going to give this one an 8.5. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. 8.5. Uh, I thought the, the narrative structure was really good, and then obviously the awkward Batman humor with Naomi and all that was uh, was enjoyable. So um, I shall say that. Uh, which will take us on to Wonder Woman issue 81, G. Willow Wilson writing with Tom Derenick on the art. And... That's the first thing I'll probably mention, is the art is pretty rough, and uh, it's one of the first panels in the book, actually. Um, not the first, because there's like four or five pages of the exact same thing, uh, which I'll get to complain about in a minute, but... Um, you mean, your filler. Yeah, the first like proper panel, though, after those five pages of setup, which are kind of worthless, is mm -hmm. uh, Wonder Woman looks like a caveman. Like what was mm -hmm. what's happening with that panel? Look, look at how so high with, uh, her, with... her traps are compared to her neck. She's got a hunchback going on or something here. Well, even, even the one before that with her versus Cheetah, you know, with the doom symbol behind, she oh, looks yeah. very much like a Neanderthal. So yeah, I feel like I, I've liked Wilson's run a lot. I think this issue suffers from having to just quickly wrap everything up. Um, this makes me feel foolish for ever arguing about Carrie Nord about it not being oh, my yeah. thing. I would much rather take art that's not really my thing compared to this. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically there's some rough stuff. Like I know you're trying to move on to the story, but there's there's some good pages like anything with uh Atlantiades. Pretty pretty good. Well, some I was actually after that. I was actually just going to go back to the first five. I wanted to okay. complain about how the fact that it felt like the like, so they do a thing where the first page is like uh, the Amazons and, and Themyscira looking up at the sky yeah. and seeing the doom symbol. There's a lot of that this week, the big doom symbol in the sky. Yeah. Some of the books yeah. integrate it well, some of them don't, just whatever. This book has like five pages of the same thing where it's just different characters yeah. looking up and they're all full page spreads. Um, I just, I can think of a way to do this economically better where you just show the doom sign and show everybody else yeah. you know where they're at with a title next to it. Summer Grove. One, the Mascara. Yeah, one page. You could have the top half be the doom symbol yeah. in the sky. Have the bottom half just be the four or five panels of uh, yep. people looking up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you have the Amazons looking up. 
there's very little narration here as well. You have um, Auntie Laddies and, and Maggie looking up at it in the town. You got Steve looking up at it. He's on a boat somewhere. <laughs> um, Off got... the coast of Maine, which like, dude, I get it. Love died for you, but your thing is to go boating up by Aquaman? Like... And then Kale's looking up at it. And then at that point, I was like, oh, come on. Surely we've done everyone by now. And I was like, oh, yeah, Wonder Woman herself. So Wonder Woman and Cheetah are fighting and the symbols uh-huh. above them. So it's, just, it's the same thing for like five pages. It just it felt really repetitive. And like, why did we waste yeah. five full pages on this? Well, because there's not much story here. That's that, there, that is true. It, it is very well wrapped up. If we didn't know that Wilson was leaving for Sandman universe stuff, mm-hmm. then I'd be a little bit more upset that the story just kind of falls apart because we've been here for the return to Themyscira and all this other stuff. Um, and, and the introduction of Atlantia, uh, Atlantiades uh, and, and here, and she finally attains godhood, which is awesome, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, it's like the, the death of the old and, and up at the new. And and I just, everything feels so rushed here. Just even Kale's betrayal, like, there's a bit of dialogue where she's talking to herself. It's like, well, I, I'll know that I'm right in the end, where it's like, well, no, all this goodwill that we've had has just been spent just to wrap up the story. Yeah, Wonder Woman so, gets new armor from Auntie Laddies when, she, when, when, when they yeah. show up to, like, sort of, hey, I'm a god now, and love is back, mm-hmm. and yada, yada, yada. And Wonder Woman just sort of smashes the, the, the death, you know, the god slayer sword. The sword, um, yeah. And that's kind of it. And instead of, you know, and it's like, Cheetah, you're going to, you're, you are going to Themyscira like you want, but you're going to go and be in prison in Themyscira. That's it, it's over, uh, kind of thing. And Steve and Deanna, it's like, yeah, obviously we regret what we said, but we're still broken up because we said a lot of bad things that can't be taken back. So yeah. Wonder Woman's leaving her apartment. She's she's done there at that house. And we have, um, yeah, Kale kind of reveals that um, she she was somewhat behind the sword in the first place and she was working with Cheetah yeah. uh, to an extent, which is an interesting little reveal because, you know, yeah. Cheetah and, and Kale don't traditionally like each other very much. No. Uh, and the end of the book is those three evil-looking, uh, I don't even what you call them, dark Amazons, yeah. dark gods. Uh, they they remind me of the fates of, from Greek mythology. Yeah, we, we saw these yeah. uh, previously uh, on yeah. Themyscira, you know, a number of issues ago. Uh, and this mm-hmm. sets up that they're going to use Cheetah to get out and, you know, maybe they'll be thrown up. And this is, it says, next new beginning, yeah, and the next issue is the start of Steve Orlando's run. Um. It is really kind of an awkward, rushed ending uh, to this mm-hmm. stuff. It definitely feels like the plan wasn't to end or run here originally, and obviously plans have changed. Uh, right. This is really unfortunate. It's unfortunate that the, the art took such a downturn in this last arc. It's unfortunate that it, it had this kind of... Like, and I am still I still like the run overall a lot. I, I still think mm-hmm. it had a lot of great stuff in it. Oh, yeah, me too. I, one, of the, one of my favorite Wonder Woman stories, despite the art, is her and Giganta... Mm. going through and fighting the giants like that one's gonna stick out and that's super rare for me considering how much i love the wonder woman rucka stuff so yeah like that i've liked uh, the first arc a lot like there's some really good stuff in here and i think i mean obviously circumstances are what they are but i mean i guess yeah you can maybe critique wilson a little bit for wanting to abandon it to go do something else (laughs) and maybe that's the one Mm -hmm. critique you can throw at her um and then just kind of how i'm not with with all those other books coming out, I just feel like I, I don't want to read Orlando, and I feel like I'm being unfair to to not just Orlando but to Diana. But at the same time, I have a lot of DC books to read already. 
And if I could cut one to make some yeah. time. I mean, maybe maybe I'll read the next one um, just to see how it is and see if it grabs me. Um, yeah. But I feel like it's probably not going to. Obviously, we're going to be there for 750 because that's an anthology issue. And we'll, you know, we're treating that like yeah. uh, Detective yeah, 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 1000 yeah. or whatever. But um, I, uh, yeah, I'm not excited about Orlando uh, taking over uh, at all. So, oh, uh, and the, so we, we have an annual coming next week, a bit, bit of the thing. Right, a bit of look into the uh, future, and it's an event Leviathan tie-in, right? Because mm-hmm. Steve Trevor. But now my continuity brain's trying to fix this. Is so uh, trying to to plot where event Leviathan has happened compared to Doom, right? Because uh, does is this go back, and we're dealing with Steve and Diana before before all of this, or what? You know what I mean? Your I question? feel like DC's kind of made themselves a, a little net here by deciding to put the Doom symbols in the sky. Yeah, they're, they're clarifying that all this stuff's taking place around the same time. Um, right. So it, it, it's not as flexible to just move things around in your head to make it all click together. Then you have to kind of... Right. All right, okay, we've got this We've got this harsh moment in time where everything happens has to be happening at the same time. Um, yep. So... Yeah, it's a shame how this is kind of ended. It's not, it's not a terrible issue by any means. It does it, those no. the art's pretty bad, and those first five pages are just a waste of space. Yeah, um, yeah. But... Jason's nowhere to be found, so it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, so here's hoping. Uh, here's hoping that. Maybe our land will be good. I don't know. Um, but like you say, there's a lot of new books starting. Uh, having one less book on a couple of weeks of the month, um, especially since the double shipping is still there in January. Unlike what, what, because we we didn't think it was going to be, and then right. all the double shipping books for the most part seem to still be double shipping. So, um, mm. Wonder Woman is kind of a two a, a saver in that sense. If we if, we, if we're dropping it because it's two two books of the month and it frees right. up a slot on two week two and week four. Uh, and when these horror books start and all this other stuff start and maybe that's a good thing but um yeah I, I will definitely try to give a chance to the first issue of orlando's run in two weeks time or three weeks time because it's the right. fifth week next week but yeah uh, we'll see um but yeah the art on this is pretty bad some of the faces are just skewed the proportions on wonder woman at times do look kind of neanderthal-esque and it just it feels yeah and hey, if that was her gimmick, cool. But it's it's not. It's she, not. <laughs> yeah, she's an Amazon, but she's not a, a cave woman Amazon. Uh, you know. So. Yeah. What are you giving him at? Uh, I'm gonna give this one a a six point five. Maybe it's because the art. If it was just you know better art in the story, it might be a seven. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with a six. I, I think um, similar reasons, but I, I think that, that first five pages really annoyed me. It was like, this is just wasting pages. Like, this is just nothing. I mean, at the very least, I suppose, I mean, it could, it could have been filler with lots and lots of words that took a while to read and then I'd be even more annoyed. At least this was so quick to read because it was just five full page spreads, but it just, yeah. you know, like, it, just, it felt like a, a waste of space and just killing time. Very much. So, uh, yeah, six out of ten for me for, for this issue, I wonder when. That'll take us on to The Flash, issue 81. Joshua Williamson writing with Scott Collins on the art. And this uh, isn't the last issue of the arc, although it kind of felt like it in a lot of ways. But, I mean, it says next time's the last part of Death of the Death and the Speed Force, so we'll see. Which has been a criticism of ours with Williamson this entire run, mm-hmm. that sometimes the stories last maybe an issue too long. Um, yeah. 
Do you, know, do you know what the fir- frustrating thing about this is? So you get Flash and Zoom inside right. the, the, the Forever Force and Black yep. Flash is there. Barry got stabbed. He seems to be fine, though. It's not really a yeah, big deal. Yeah, it's just a big boo-boo. <laughs> it's a, I mean, don't worry, I expected him to be fine pretty quickly because it's comic books, but I expected it to be a bigger deal made out of it in the meantime, <laughs> whilst, it, whilst yeah. you know, before he was fine, but whatever. Uh and so eventually we get this reveal, uh, which we were kind of speculating actually that Thon was behind uh, Zoom's origin. And okay, right, cool. Um, and at least the Zoom making a sacrifice to try and save everything. This is a sort of heroic, noble, redemptive. Because that's thing. what flashes do, Pete. Yeah, that's what flashes do. Ugh. And I don't hate that he's made this decision. I, I kind of it feels rushed though in the book itself. It feels like all of a sudden he's just willing to do this, and I'm like, wait, whoa, so- whoa, 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 like. He wants to be the greatest Flash. So I get looking into the psychology of of the broken Hunter Zolomon, right? Um, I get that, that he wants to be the greatest Flash. Well, what do the Flashes do? They sacrifice themselves. What, whereas the, you're still not going to be Barry because Barry still sacrificed himself to, to save the infinite Earths, right? Yep. I feel like it just needed like a bigger story beat where we actually see him kind of realize this as opposed to yeah. he, he just kind of starts doing it and he's like no i'm gonna go save everything because that's what flashes do yeah um so i was kind of yeah weird. i did i kind of enjoyed the uh the the wallace and avery stuff uh where yep. they're with the rogues and they're kind of sneaking around but golden glider finds them and when zoom does his whole sacrifice thing it sends this like eruption through the speed force and yeah um i i thought they were doing a thing here where they were maybe all going to lose their powers but they, they do make a point of saying immediately that they still feel connected to the speed force there's just right. something weird going on yeah i mean also where's where's commander cold and forza now are they are they trapped in, a, in the strength force that's now gone uh, that's a good question we don't really see them in this <laughs> issue um, no so uh, all we have left is uh, is uh, what's his name, the monk dude, steadfast, steadfast, who gets uh, mind thingied at one point by is that maybe Perpetua? Am I forget what Perpetua? Yeah, was like? yeah. So yeah. this is what I, I will appreciate Williamson here is that it does a really good job of tying in that the Still Force was one of the Doom forces, right? Yes. So, of course, if Steadfast is tied into that, then if this if, if the Still Force is being used for Doom, it's going to send shockwaves through him. So I did like that. Um, and I also liked with, Cap- with uh, Captain Cold that he's like, oh, I thought Luther was just full of it. But, hey, looks like he was right that Doom wins out in the end. Yeah, because so, uh, there's like a sinister line from him. You know it's cold because it's he's got the, the snow at the, the top the of chill. it. Yeah. yeah. It says, I'll, we'll make sure you get home to like, you know, Wallace and that. And it feels kind of sinister. And the book ends with like Wallace and Avery getting thrown through the front of the Flash Museum. Mm-hmm. And then we end with this two-page spread of the, the rogues. So, I mean, for the most part, I hate the costumes. I, like, I think cold looks good. Yeah. Heatwave yeah. looks okay. Um... I hate Mirror Master actually being made of glass. I, I hate still, it. Yeah, <laughs> I hate yeah but now, now that we have Looking Glass on Watchmen, though, like the, the costume looks on point. That's true, but that's a shiny right? mask, not a glass mask. No, but what I mean is, like, it's 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 the same purpose, right? Just to to cast the reflection. Well, okay. You know, but All yeah. Right. So I did immediately think of the the Mirror Master redesign when I saw that and went, huh. I wonder if, if they talk to Williamson, he's like, hey, I got an idea. 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's just the rogues all assembled in the last double page spread with the big doom symbol in the sky behind them. So, it's, yeah. you, get, you get the idea that the symbol in the flash has just appeared at this moment. This is like sort of yeah. putting it in the timeline kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was basically it. I mean, it was a quick enough read. Uh, Scott Collins is on the art again, um, so, who, who does suit the flash we, a bit better, I think. Well, and we got callbacks to, to Zoom's first appearance. Like when he's going and he's mm-hmm. running, but he's in the red suit versus the yellow suit. Uh, if you go back and look at the, the, I think it's the Blitz story arc when you first see Zoom, I think that was his first appearance. So there was a nice little book in there with Collins okay. Okay. and whatnot. I, I appreciated that. I, I don't know. I just kind of felt the Zoom stuff was kind of lazy. And, and I like Josh Williamson, uh, and I hate saying that about him. It felt a bit rushed. But, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and I kind of felt the same about – I was talking to, to someone in the group, I think earlier this week, about Nailbiter because he just finished Nailbiter. And the ending kind of felt the same as, as this, where it's like, okay, you've been building to this thing, and then the ending just happens. At least with, with Flash, we'll get some fallout in the next issue. But Nailbiter, that was it. Hmm. It ended. And I'm, fe- I'm feeling this is just kind of Williams' style, uh, for better or for worse. Um, uh, but, but yeah, I don't know. I- I'm running out of steam with the Flash right now. I, I will say I'm, I'm glad that this arc... Uh, does seem to be putting most of an end to all these various forces and yeah. all that stuff because it's been kind of since because we love Flash War but it's been kind of yeah. been since right after that right so it's been a year it's been like a good year right. or so of this well, stuff and help me with the logic here is that Zoom created the the Flash War basically the the stuff between Wally and Barry. In order to access, because he had stuff from the future, right? Because mm-hmm. he was there. He's the one that set the renegades after Iris, right? Um, yeah, because he wanted them to race so that that would break open the open, Speed Force. Or, so then he could yeah. run into the Speed Force and then so he could fight death, which I don't like either. This is the most elaborate suicide attempt <laughs> of all time or zoom's gonna be the new black flash that's all i can think of the 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 final play out is that when you think about what the black flash is and it is representative of death for the speedsters what better than someone that that, you know went through time i mean i wouldn't hear him being the new black flash because if black flash is someone who now has a personality and someone who Mm -hmm. will maybe talk to them a little bit more because it's zoom that's not terrible no Um, but i'm just trying to get his plan and understand where it's coming from and uh, unless it ends up with that i don't know exactly what all this was was for Mm. with him with him getting these new forces in order to draw out the black flash because he has a beef with death which i kind of like as an idea i just the execution here like you were saying it was rushed um i don't get it you know i should hit him up on twitter yeah like hey what were you going for here i don't know what can one what can one say i yeah i I think much like a lot of recent flash stuff there's little moments i like and the stuff that i mean i don't hate reading it's not a terror it's not like a difficult oh no i mean it's just plus that cover that cover is uh early entry in the cover of the week for me okay Uh, with with all the rogues hands being raised up it's very classic flash to me oh yeah that's nice uh, yeah Uh, but yeah it's just it's almost I don't say almost awesome, but it's almost like a, a really great issue, and then just stuff kind of falls apart. Yeah, I have to. 
yeah, if I'm rating this, I think I have to go with like a. Is this an L6 for me? I think it is. That's an L6. Oh, see, I, I like it a bit more than you. I'm going to give it a 7.5. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. I, I would say that's mostly Scott Collins carrying the the load here. Mm. Uh, because story-wise, definitely not. But I really like the art. Yeah. It, it hurts to, to, you know, go sixes uh, two for two with Wonder Woman and Flash. But yeah. just one of those weeks. Uh, what can one say? Um, but that will take us on to Batman Superman number three, also written by Joshua Williamson with art Oof. by David Marquez. Uh, and no complaints from David Marquez's art on this. Uh. <laughs> None. Even his evil Superman. Evil Superman's a fine line for me. Oh, yeah. And Joker Eye Superman here was chilling. Do, do, do you what's uh, interesting about this, this Joker Eye Superman is that I didn't quite get in the end of the last issue. We knew he was going undercover and pretending to be you know, Jokerized. I didn't get that he was actually taking some of the Joker serum, like actually having it. Yeah, this and, is... <laughs> and I, and when I, when they first said that in the narration, I thought, well, I don't know if I like that. That feels a bit risky. But here's the yeah. thing. It started playing with it after a couple of pages. I went, you know what? I actually kind of like this now. <laughs> I kind of like yeah. Superman yeah. fighting off. And, um, and I think the reason why I liked it is because basically the twist is, is that for a couple of pages, you know, Super, Superman's kind of going along and he's kind of laughing. And I love how it puts the laughs in red to show that that's the, that's the real Joker like effect coming through a little that's bit. That's the Joker effect, which we've seen through Batman Who Laughs. Yeah. But what, yeah. I, what I like about this, though, is that it turns out Batman Who Laughs, because he's still smart like Batman, knows the entire time that Superman's faking, and he's actually trying to make him, like, lose it and, be, you know, be... Be, you know, be overcome embrace with this, it embrace it yeah he's trying to like probably because he starts talking about oh yeah you know we should kill john and lois and that'll be funny and stuff and yeah. uh and superman gets angry for a second like punches the ball he's like yes embrace yeah. it and i'm like oh this is actually kind of neat that he 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 realizes that he he's faking it but he knows that he does have the serum in him so he could actually turn if he prods mm-hmm. him enough uh and this is the moment where batman just is like no no i'm not letting this go on i'm jumping in and like stopping this yeah. because he knows I mean, it turns out that he never actually let him leave his cell. He was always, yeah. always in his like cell with a hologram kind of thing. Um, right. So I like that, and the art here is great. Yeah, Jokerized Superman's pretty good, and I like how even when Superman like he's putting, he's given a serum, a, you know, a antidote. Um, you know, actually, just, I, I just want to say, I, I love the, the fact that when we see Batman's left his chair, it is just a shot of the chair. Like mm-hmm. it's just like you know, he's left, he's moved because things have just gotten serious. Yeah. Um, but you know, they put Superman in like a, a yellow sunlight chamber. Uh, to give him strength to fight back and, and yeah, whatnot. so he he hit him with a with a kryptonite injection, of course, to to wipe out the, the toxin. Yeah, and then hits him with the 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 solar radiation, um, to to help him heal. I like that, um, and whatnot. And then uh, they get into an argument over him not being trusted, and um, but Batman's like, no, nah, you don't get who you're dealing with, man. Like, and I, I kind of like that. Uh, it shows the difference between them. Is... Yeah, that was actually that was another thing. Is that at the start of the book they do the classic, you know, dueling narration between Batman and yeah. Superman. But Superman, because he's got Joker talks in him, it's all is full of all these little laughing moments. Yeah. It, just, it, sh- it showed that even in his head, he's kind of off a little bit. So that was a nice little touch. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. But they realize that Gordon must be the first infected, so Batman goes after him. Yeah, because of something that Batman who laughs said. Yeah. Um, which oh man, this is this is rough because. Because Gordon tells him he's a failure to the city. Oh, I'm not going to uh, lie, though. That that was so close to you have failed this city, and I got yeah. arrow flashbacks, and I was like, no! Too close! Yeah, yeah. Williamson, too close to the sun! <laughs> Take right. it back. Yeah. Oh, and dear. then, this is this is what I really appreciated here, mm-hmm. is 
when they go to fight Gordon, Gordon's ready and he pulls up a watch with a bat on it. I was like, wait, is this like a signal watch? What's he doing? And up pops rookie the the suit from Snyder's Gordon Batman run. Yeah. Which a lot of people hate. Oh, I, I hate like it. the design of that suit though. I, I just um, I just hated the plot. I will say I, I love the uh, obviously the art's great, but I yeah. love how Batman's just a complete silhouette when he's like mm-hmm. hunched over Gordon that in that previous page. Yeah. Uh, really, really, it's almost Batman the animated series esque. Yeah. It just sort of sits there. But yeah, I will, what I will say I liked about this though, because Superman shows up to like you know to help Bruce with the the robot, mm-hmm. is that th- that's the stupid robot that I hate. Superman freezes it to destruction he freezes it and then smashes yep. it and it's in tatters i'm like yes kill that stupid thing let it die <laughs> i hate it so much but i'm not gonna lie i was not expecting this to like when we heard about you know when i was reading batman who laughs and i and i the only one that finished it here um and, and we got to you know infected gordon i never thought hey we'd see the the, the rookie suit again from from his time as batman like i had almost forgotten that it happened so right? i'm like, i'm not gonna lie matt is I'd forgotten it was called Rookie. So when Gordon says, yeah. you know, take care of it, Rookie, yeah. I assumed there was someone in it that was young. Yeah. Which actually, well, but, but, but that's the thing, though. It turned out to be true. <laughs> there was technically well, someone in there. There was. So um, we get a reveal that uh, Blue Beetle is one of the infected, and he yeah, has, you know, yeah. Scarab Tech has, has taken over the suit. And he then infects everything. You know, Superman and Batman go to the fortress. Batman starts letting Superman make the choices because Batman who laughs will know what choices he'll make because he's also yep. a Batman. So it's like, no, we'll do things Superman's way to throw him off. Um, so yeah, the the because the, 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 they they bring the suit back with them. Blue Beetle's inside. Uh, Jaime is in there, and the Scarab yep. infects uh, tons of stuff. He, he gets like a new evil looking Blue Beetle suit uh, to go with his Jokerized mm-hmm. nature, um, and he's taken over everything. And the, the book ends with, again, the, the, the doom light in the sky. Right. So this is also tying into You're the Villain. But what I liked here is that it's setting up the Titan story that's coming. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's here that Batman Who Laughs is saying there's a reckoning coming. Clearly, my competition's been busy too. So he's seeing this as, well, no, he's going to fight Lex as much as the Justice League is. Mm-hmm. And that, but don't forget, Lex, uh, Batman always wins. And I was like, son of a bitch. Uh, I hate Batman who laughs. laughs. But in the right way. We were talking in, in the wrestling conversation about a heel that is trying to do bad things to get yeah. the reaction. That's Batman who laughs, right? You're not supposed to like him. So Of course, yeah. Uh, I, I love the Scarab design. I love that it seems to be outside of Gordon, the infected ones are younger heroes from, from who we know. So that, that's King Shazam now with Billy and Scarab. Uh, the other one that we know of, because I don't want to spoil um, for people that might not know, but the other one is is Sky Tyrant, is Hawkman, who's not a young one, but there's some other ones I, coming up. And I think but. we can, I think we can also say Supergirl because that was hinted and, in action and stuff. Yep. So and she's also fairly yep. young. So yeah, there's kind of a young. Yeah. So there's, skew. there's another, and then there's there's someone else, and I won't spoil it. Might skew young, might not, might be more like uh, Hawkman. But uh, yeah, I think it's it's also interesting that the characters that were chosen were these ones so far so uh and and the grand meta story i like that because so far they seem to be people that have ties to different aspects of the dcu Hmm. whether it's shazam with magic and now uh blue beetle with with the you know the alien tech and then uh, you know the the tie to history with hawkman 
know, Supergirl, it's the title of Krypton. Gordon, it's to Batman. You know, it's, it's this evil Justice League that's forming now. And I like also the mask that Gordon puts on that matches uh, the, the Blue Beetle mm. kind of logo that, that comes up. But but yeah, um, really good. Uh, I, I thought it was over, and I, I probably was, at the where, where Blue Beetle's, you know, saying that the, the training wheels are off. Mm. Uh, I was waiting for the, the credits, and then we get that whole post, almost a post-credit of what's going on. Um, no, that's good. I, I think uh, this, I think I like issue two a little bit more, but like mm-hmm. issue three was still really solid, better than issue one. I think Williamson, it's funny that Flash is kind of being so lukewarm right now, but yeah. this is kind of firing off in all cylinders and feels like it's, yeah. and you know, part of that's maybe just the amazing art from Marquez, who's, who's killing it. Um, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it feels big, it feels bold, and I, th- I think the uh, you know just all these little things like Batman realizing that he can't think like himself, so he has to think like Superman. You know, because he even says that you know what would Superman do? There's a neat little moment of him thinking that, and mm-hmm. then it you know just the way it kind of played with Batman who laughs, try to like almost like you know push Superman into snapping, and just all these all these things. It's kind of it's kind of testing their character. Uh, constantly against each other mm-hmm. but in, in a way that kind of makes sense and doesn't feel forced and um i'm into it so far so uh matt what are you rating batman superman issue three i'm gonna give this one an eight yeah i'm gonna agree with that yeah a ten really good so there you go that's batman superman issue three that'll take you on to justice league dark issue 16 Ooh, james yeah. tain in the fourth rating with alvaro martinez and fernando blanco on the art so take yeah. it away yeah, things are not looking so good for the Justice League Dark. Uh, <laughs> Swamp Thing's been reduced to like mush and looking for Abby. Man Bat's a, a, this, you know, Lovecraftian slash, uh, slash Carpenter esque looking thing that's terrorizing the Hollow Justice, you know, where the Justice League Dark is holed up. And then Wonder Woman's been played by, by Cersei now. And that it it opens up with with them. The last time we saw her, she had been tricked to go into to that realm because of Eclipso. And that this issue reveals, and and through the talk with um, Cersei, that you were still reading during the witching hour. Pete? Yes. Yeah. So basically, here that the upside down man gets his name because he was the opposite of of hecate who was magic personified so there's this really cool panel so on just just to clarify here he's not the upside down man because he's upside down but he's upside down (laughs) because he's a reflection like a legitimate reflection of hecate okay right so i thought that was pretty cool it's a real nice balance but that basically in order you know because hecate was all powerful that in order to to get her under control they the other great powers like the dark powers that were rising against her created eclipso because she pulls her power from the moon we learned that one in Mm. in witching hour and so they needed something that would eclipse that power and hence this is where eclipso comes from it was concentrated through the black diamond and uh so basically cersei is like well no i'm I'm the person that was meant to hold this power of Hecate and I'm going to, you know, with, with Luther's help and this new era that's going to be born, I'm going to create and shape all magic. And so by disrupting the green with the way she has a floronic man and then with uh, 
Clarion and, and Grundy, they she's created wedges on the forces of life and death. And now magic is basically all under her control. Um, but um, Diana's like, well, you can't do that. And she's like, well, no, these these men and gods, I've, I've known this my entire existence is they're all animals and I'll treat them as such, which is a nice call out to the Odyssey. You know, she was, you know, having the sailors that land on her island become animals and whatnot. So it really plays into that. And during this this section, because the, bo- uh, the book's broken up, is in this realm where Hecate is and, and Diana, it's this really like offset art so it almost looks like it's being digitized but it's also ethereal at the same time you don't really have to see it to to look at it It, it's really cool so it looks like diana's coming apart like she's in this like mist where she's being formed and reformed and there's pieces missing and and whatnot but at the end of it they end up bringing her back is that cersei attacks her and that you know she it says she has the keys to olympus at hand um, and that she basically just needed Diana's body. So when she, Diana comes back through the Eclipso art that she did with with Fate and, and Zatanna, Cersei's inhabiting her body, or she's been, you know, corrupted by the power of, of Hecate. Uh, and then with the other characters, basically we get um, Manbat versus um, Constantine and uh, Khalid in Detective Chimp, and... Um, I misspoke, or no, they end up in the Oblivion Bar. Uh, the, the bat creature chases them into there, and Bobo's added some security while he's there. So he takes the some scotch, of course he drinks it, or whiskey, whatever it is. Connor would know, he, he has a problem. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and basically he had added these, these defenses since the last time they attacked. He's like, you'd be stupid not to, you know? Uh, and that's where Hellblazer comes up, and well, Hellblazer Constantine, and he, you know, he shows him the mound of of Swamp Thing, and he goes, he's saying stuff about Abby, and Constantine's like, oh man, not this again. So I like that it plays up on their relationship. Like clearly, he knows who Abby Arcane is, and all of this. But so Detective Chimp, being you know one of the world's greatest detectives is basically saying like he can see patterns where there normally isn't any. And the fact that they've all been separated, uh, it means that this is only the beginning of their troubles, not the end. And that's when it cuts to the whole wonder woman stuff. And then she comes back. Um, but like a lot of the other ones, it ends with all of the, the bad guys, well, not the bad guys, but the, the dark justice league dark looking up to the sky and seeing the symbol of doom. So, and again, this is where it causes problems. So we saw where it happens to Wonder Woman, right? In the pages of her book, uh, that she's fighting Cheetah at the time it goes up. But here she's been taken over by Hecate or Cersei when it goes up. So, and I get a lot of people that don't like continuity go, this is what trips you up. Just go with it. But at the same time, I look at the editorial and go, Guys, it's your job to figure all this stuff out. Like, maybe Justice League Dark really didn't need them to see the Doom symbol. You know, for for any reason, this could have been set before or after or 
whatever it is, just to make it all fit in. But it's a, it's a minor quibble, but really that that's one of the only ones I have. I mean, the art's kind of spotty in, in some parts. When it hits, though, it really hits. Like, there's this real fun uh, big page spread of uh, Cersei's plan in action where she is, you know, taking over life and death and it shows the different phases of the moon and then, like, a from the center of her headband that she was wearing, like, the, the mood ends up being drenched in blood and whatnot. So that, that all works really well. And, like, I was telling you, that effect uh, on Diana is, is super cool. Um, but it, it does. Some of the faces are, are a little bit spotty. Um, but the, the layouts are always there. So, they're, again, all minor stuff. But, yeah, that's, that's Justice League Dark. I'm, I've got a Clipso and... Everything's looking very, very bad for these guys, so it keeps me coming back. Okay. Oh yes, I have to rate it. Um, I'm gonna give this one eight point five. Um. Okay. There you go. Just yeah. sleep dark. Um, which will take us on to Batgirl number forty, Cecil Castellucci, uh, rating with Carmen D. Domenico on the art, and this is Oracle. If you remember, last issue ended the issue with the basically burning half of uh, Burnside. Uh, with the giant bat logo and this is basically an action-packed issue where Batgirl sees the message and goes in to the city and I think I like this issue quite a bit and I think what I liked about it is that I mean this arc's been mostly pretty good some issues have been a bit bit smoother than others in terms of its narrative storytelling but I think what I liked about this one is that it really felt focused in that you know, you've got this great two-page layout where Batgirl's like swinging out the city from the bridge, and it's it's cutting between her trying to get the city, like find her way through the streets. She's talking about how she knows the city yeah. very well. This but is it, an attack on her, like, yeah, on her history. But yeah. it it cuts between that and then like uh, Oracle, the robot with with the the, the vulture of the you know the the yeah. trio, and. Actually, one of my favorite parts here is where you see some narration from the, uh, or some maybe thought bubbles, rather, uh-huh. uh, from Oracle. And at one point, she basically says, oh, this human might still be useful. We'll, we'll not kill. We'll keep around. <laughs> I'll be, oh, mm-hmm. damn. Okay. Uh, this trio is not getting anything they think they are. Um, and not realizing the fact that this thing is indestructible and therefore doesn't care about the fire. And it doesn't mm-hmm. care if they all burn alive in there. But you got Frankie running around trying to call for help because she can't get to mm-hmm. Babs. So she's trying to like get to the the, the payphone to call nine one one. And if not that, then then she goes to the chair that's in her apartment. Yeah. You know, Barbara's old chair that's... that has Oracle tech she in could... it. Yeah, she couldn't get rid of it because you know, well, you never know when I might have to use it. And Frankie even tells her in the flashback, like you you gotta kind of let go of your past. But it's good that she didn't. Maybe. Yeah. Because uh, it has the Oracle tech in there that that could be the key to stopping the cyborg or not cyborg android oracle um yeah but yeah and joe i like as well even when it cuts away to um you know arejo and the um the plane the 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 landed in dc Mm -hmm. for some sort of you know senate meeting or something um and i like that this cut away to these other supporting characters from this book i mean it's Obviously, it's nice to see what they're up to during whatever else is going on, but it still felt relevant because their entire scene is informed by the fact that they see on the news that this is happening back back in Burnside, and it's going to inform how they treat vigilantes going forward. So 
it's, it's mm-hmm. nice to keep up with these characters um, and, and Jason and all that, but it's doing it from the perspective of tying into what's going on in Burnside right now. So right. That's, that's what, you know, when I go back to saying everything felt really focused, it felt like, you no, know, everything was feeding into the, the crisis that was happening mm-hmm. right now. Even these characters who are, you know, thousands of miles away. Um, yeah. Well, I actually I have no idea how far away Gotham and Burnside are from DC. Yeah, I mean, who Gotham's knows? supposed to be... I've always understood that Gotham was in New Jersey. So... New Jersey to DC's, I mean, not that far. It would be a real quick plane ride. Yeah, we'll put it that way. Most people would have taken a train, I feel. But, yeah, although know. I feel like Gotham more often than not is based off of Chicago, which is maybe more applicable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, but when you, it's always on the Eastern Seaboard, they always show it. You know, uh, they also filmed in Pittsburgh and Chicago when they did the Nolan movies. Mostly so, Chicago, though, because they didn't go to Pittsburgh until yeah. the third one. It was mostly Chicago yeah, for the first two. But I bring, I just bring that up because of the, the bridges. Yeah. And you see all the bridges and, you know. But anyways, I always feel like it's on the eastern seaboard. However, Gotham being this corrupt city, that's always the the, the take on Chicago. We look yeah. at history. Like the whole idea of it being the Windy City doesn't actually have to do with the winds coming off the lake. It has to do with how much political talk and back dealings are being done. Yeah, I, you know, at any given time, I, I always did kind of think is 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 Gotham is like the CD eighties version of New York, and yeah. then, uh, but but that contrast, Metropolis also almost always felt more like a Washington DC to me. But I mean, yeah, well, when you look at at maps of Metropolis, not that you know, okay, I have a problem. <laughs> I like this stuff all the time. It's very much a stand-in for New York City, uh, at least Manhattan and that part of it just like hobbs bay is like the hudson bay and mm. all this other stuff so uh, especially well, with well, the jimmy olsen book right now well this the is the thing is, is i think metropolis and gotham to an extent are both based off of new york right uh, to, to an extent Which, back back when they first started it was understood editorial that they were almost the same city just gotham was at night metropolis was during the day yeah so you know there there are these different these Dual sides of the same coin, right? Although, grow, How, grow, yeah. Growing up on 80s movies, though, I do think of uh, New York as more Gotham than I do Metropolis. Yeah. But, I mean... Well, yeah. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I'm well aware that nowadays it's one of the safest cities yes. in the country. But, like, yeah. for the well, 80s, it was this grimy, barrels of toxic in, waste everywhere. <laughs> like, in the much maligned here, BVS, uh, <sighs> Gotham was across the bay from Metropolis even reinforcing that New York, New York, New Jersey kind of aspect too. So at the end of the day, it's all over the place, you know? So I look at Burnside, like it's, like it's Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. So in the last couple issues, the, the, the one staffer didn't want to go out to Burnside because it was going to take all day. And I've, I've, you know, not that I've ever been to New York, but being familiar with pop culture. So, um, (sighs) Let, let's just say they could have taken a train. Oh, that's it. So but... <laughs> I'm just I'm thinking about this. Day. So if we got if Burnside is Brooklyn, you've also got Bloodhaven. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess which would be which would be like the Bronx because that's on the that's on that's also over a bridge. So so what we're saying here then is that Gotham City is Manhattan, and yes, right because because yeah, I suppose if you look at it that way, they're sure, but then. If, if you actually take the whole city of New York as Gotham, then then you mm-hmm. have to take Burnside and Bloodhaven as not one mm-hmm. of the boroughs, but more as... Um... Well, Bloodhaven's a sister city. That was always also kind of New Jersey in that 
that remember Nightwing, the whole gambling arc. Yeah. This was almost like Atlantic city. Um, so, um, yeah, there's just all these real world things. So I love coast city because coast city is somewhere on the California coast. It could be San Diego. It could be Santa Barbara. It could be LA. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, it's its own thing. It wasn't really based off of too much. Yeah, I've always thought of uh, Coast City and Star City as being the two West Coast cities. Yeah. There's a little the two that come to mind. Which never really comes out of play. I never hear them talking about the time difference or anything like that when they're talking to like, no. you know, the other oh. heroes. But I just <laughs> And then well, and then you look at Keystone. It's, now, this is a little diatribe on the geography of the DC universe. <laughs> uh, then you have Keystone and Central as the Twin Cities, which would say like Minnesota. But they're also very Midwestern, so that could put them, you know, like Kansas City, Kansas, and Kansas City, Missouri, to where they're different cities that go across state lines. Joe, Joe, the, the problem with name. all this is, though, is that yeah. we've established that in DC continuity, a lot of the real cities still exist as well. So mm-hmm. trying to make them fit all fit in the map together yeah. is Which a bit I, of a pain. I remember reading an article one time that said that if you compare the, the Earth of the DCU versus the uh, Marvel Universe is that the earth has to be a little bit bigger to accommodate the the cities that are in the DC universe. You know, because you just need more area. So they're just a little bit different versus Marvel, which is very much a real place as far as, you know, you know, the cities are concerned. I mean, yeah, you have Madripoor and all these other places, Genosha and yeah, yeah. and whatnot. But but yeah, anyways, um what were you talking about here with, with Burnside? Yeah, Bat- um, Batgirl's making her way through a burning city, and it's kind of a delightful yeah. in terms of been actual. Um, I loved Oracle here turning Vulture into a camera. Oh, this was brutal. Uh, this was actually really dark. Yeah. She, she sort of puts like a camera in his eye and like connects to his optical nerve so that she can use him as a camera. Uh, yeah. Very, very dark. But basically, the signal that's sent out by the chair when Frankie turns it on. Um, like Oracle senses this and realizes there's an update to her software that there's new Oracle data that she can take in and absorb right. and become better. Uh, but obviously Batgirl also kind of races towards this and this is kind of where they finally face off. She, she, you know, she runs into a couple of the trio on the way, has a, a couple of fights. Um, but we get to this kind of, this, this payoff here and Oracle's kind of kicking her ass and she can kind of predict all of her moves because, of course, Oracle's based on Babs and is very good at fighting her. So Babs essentially has to do the one thing that like she would never otherwise do, and that is run away. That's kind of how the book ends. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of the, the, the tactic. Obviously, the Doom symbol's in the sky as well. Here, it just kind of feels tacked on, like, sure. I, yep. One thing I will, I will say I like about this tying into everything, though, is I do kind of like that um, Babs is constantly saying, you know... The, the, the Lex must have helped the trio with this once yeah. she sees the trio how is Lex behind this and while he did kind of give something to Oracle to wake her up I do kind of like that for the most part yeah. she's kind of wrong that it's not really Lex yeah. behind at least a lot of this like sure yeah. he, he, he did kind of help Oracle but I don't know she keeps assuming things and she keeps assuming Lex is behind and maybe oh did he help the trio she keeps kind of questioning these things and I like that she's just wrong like okay no no it's not tying into that that much um, right, but of course the doom symbol does appear. So yeah, uh, it does tie but no, but I like that too. That this is a personalized problem for Barbara, you know. Mm. Uh, but yeah, and so she jumps off into the fire, um, you know, because and then you you see Oracle saying solve for X because this is what was unexpected, uh, which which I like. 
Yeah, so it just says, next the end of Batgirl, question mark. Probably not, because her book still exists, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, wouldn't be the first time those next time on is a bit misleading. But, uh, yeah, so she's falling into the fire at the end of it. And it just, yeah, it's, it's like Burnside is just is burning. It is literally Burnside mm-hmm. uh, throughout this issue. But I thought this was a really, focused, really well-focused issue. Her sort of making her way through the city, trying to figure out what's going on, mixed with Oracle like, dealing with uh, the, the trio, Frankie trying to call for help, and then a the little bit with uh, Alejo and uh, those characters. Everything felt tied into the same thing that was going on. It was all revolving around the same crisis, and uh, I thought it was a good read because of that. So, mm-hmm. uh, what are you reading them at? I'm going to give this an 8. Yeah, I'd go with a straight 8 as well. I thought it was solid. Um, and I, I think uh, Castellucci's been doing a good good job on Batgirl uh, since taking over, so mm-hmm. that's good. Uh, which will take you on to Freedom Fighters issue ten, Robert Vendetta yeah. writing with Eddie Barrows on art, and this is uh, after a few issues off because you'd fell behind, but you've caught. Up. Yep, yep. So I'm gonna get us caught up here. So so basically, it was looking dire for for the Freedom Fighters. Uh, human bomb had gotten captured. He's being tortured by you know Adolf Hitler the third. Um, and the underground <laughs> I'm bunker. sorry, just the and third. Then, the third. <laughs> yeah, well, he is. Um, he's he's Hitler's uh, grandson, and so, but he's the one. I don't know if you remember. He's super sadistic. He loves to torture and whatnot. So they're gonna send Black Condor into Detroit, where he's from, where you see that they took a lot of the workers and a lot of the people of color and basically turned them back into slaves to work in these factory cities. And Detroit's the largest. And you see his history uh, and that his parents or his dad uh, helped him create his wings so he could get out. And so them sending him back to Detroit to see, you know, what's become of it was probably a bad idea. But he's there to steal a vial of the the plastic man, you know, Mm. uh, serum so they could give it to Uncle Sam in order to defeat the Nazis once and for all. Um, of course, it doesn't go as planned. He ends up leading a revolution in there because he starts seeing how the people are, are being treated. He can't stay in a cover. Um, he ends up with the Plastic Man serum, and the only way to get it out is to inject it into himself. And because of all of that, the timing to for Uncle Sam and Phantom uh, Lady and Cachet to storm the Nazi compound completely gets thrown up into um, gets completely thrown up in, into uh, disarray. And then we find out that the, the hidden traitor that was teased about in the last issue, I remember covering it. It's doll woman, except they'd captured her a while ago and replaced her with a plastic man. So that all that's as one of the things that ends up messing with black condor. So we get to this issue and now, um, the citizens of the United States start to remember America, uh, what it was before the Nazis, and they start to lead their own uprisings in cities like Philadelphia and New York and all these big major cities, which makes Uncle Sam huge. Like because his power is based off of belief and whatnot, um, they he ends up being able to help Phantom Lady and them storm the the compound. Black Condor shows back up, and it looks like everything's going well for the um for the freedom fighters and then it looks like the you know hitler the second the son of hitler who's the fuhrer he's gonna give up he's like oh no there's there's no winning now uh and his son's like no we have to let let overman out 
And he's like, well, no, we can't do that. Uh, the, you know, he's not fully healed from the last, and he's just a cyborg. So basically what his son does, what, what you know, Hitler Jr. Jr. kills his dad and is ended up being made the Fuhrer uh, and decides to set out, set out Cyborg Overman onto the Freedom Fighters as a last-ditch effort. Um, still a really solid book. Like, I only got behind because of, you know, this week gets piled on with a bunch of releases. Yeah, it was the same because um, I read the first two or three and I really yeah. liked it for what I read. Um, yeah. And so this is 10 of 12. Um, you can tell we're kind of in the uh, – we're in the home stretch now. But, yeah, and, and Doll Woman. So basically how they end up – they can't torture human bomb. You find this out in the last issue too is that anytime they try to do something to him, he explodes. So it's really this joke's on them. So that's when they bring in Doll Woman because they can, you know, hurt her in order to torture him and, and whatnot. And then as all, you know, it looks dire, she tells him, you're going to have to fully explode. And he goes, well, we won't know what's going to happen. She's like, yeah, but if it takes the Nazis out, then it's all worth it. And so that, that's seeding that dilemma. And then with, with Black Condor, since he has the – Plastic Man serum. I guess Plastic Man only live, you know, a couple of months once they're injected with it because it's very unstable. Mm. So now he's basically a, a, a ticking time bomb before he, you know, disintegrates into nothing. You know, so of course they're they're upset over that. But but yeah, man, it's a it's a really solid book. I wouldn't mind like outside of this crisis if we start getting more stuff like this set in this world. You know, I I would definitely love it, like Earth Ten or Earth X, whatever you want to call it. It's a real fun world. The uh, it's a real fun world, and then the art by Eddie Barrows is still consistent. That's been consistent throughout. Let me double check it. Is there Eddie Barrows? I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty sure he's been. yeah. It's Eddie Barrows. It's very pulpy too. Like it, it really takes advantage of, of you know, a, a, an Uncle Sam, a guy dressed as Uncle Sam punching Nazis. Like it, it feels right. Um, and then when, like when, uh, the action sequences happen, everything's very easy to follow and it's very much in that same style throughout, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad I got caught up. I'm glad I took a couple, you know, took like a half hour last week and went and tracked him down. So I'm looking forward to reading maybe the whole thing mm-hmm. once it's, yeah. you know, once it's done. It's real good. But yeah, I'm going to give this one an eight. It's, it's another good, really good issue. It's been, con- you know, I keep saying consistent because it is. Venditti is, outside of his Flash, I feel like he's very, very, very consistent when telling a story. And some people might see that as like there's not enough peaks and valleys to give their interest, but it does enough for me. So next up, uh, that'll take us on to the Aquaman Annual Issue 2. Um, and I'm happy to say much better than the first annual because remember that was a terrible, terrible issue. Uh, I can't even tell you what the story was. It was this like standalone side story with really bad art. I don't know if you remember. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was this the? Because um... it wasn't. It wasn't. It was... it was like a different writer. It wasn't like you know Abnet. It who was, was that during the Abnet stuff though, right? It was during the Abnet stuff, but Abnet didn't write it. It was this separate no, standalone thing. I remember that... it now. It yeah. was like the. It was part of a historical thing, and just it didn't. Wasn't it about what's his name's dad? Oh no, that was a regular issue. That wasn't the that was a regular the issue. annual didn't even have anything to do with the plot. Yeah, I think I put it out of my brain. Yeah, it, it, I, I couldn't even tell you what the I plot was. I remember it being bad, but no. Yeah. This one, my 
I'll say my only problem, I'll lead with the bad on this one. I don't like that this takes place after the current arc. Yeah, yeah. I hate I, it when I, they do that. That threw me off as well. I was like, wait, really? You can I just wait until next month, until after the next issue yeah. to put this out? Yeah. Um, that was a bit weird. But um, I actually like this issue a lot because it, it feels like... I, I always love world building or uh, character building yep. with... Because uh, that's one of the things I've been liking about this arc in this book uh, with the comic is the building of the supporting cast around the, the town and these godlike beings who are sort of like now living here. And this issue is largely about them integrating with the town and like uh, Aquaman's going around looking for his dog um, after, you know, it's just after this thing. There's also Sea Daddy. We have to talk about Sea Daddy. I, who this will probably catch me some shit. Uh-huh. I hate that that term's become a thing. I hate that, that young people are using daddy in the way that they are. <laughs> so this this running joke throughout killed me. Like the like the the stuff with the you know we're not going to call him that and whatnot. I, I I appreciate that. So so thank you Kelly Sue and and Vita Ayala. Who is for, your for adding that for me? Who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't even mention it. Kelly Sue Deconic and Vita Ayala, who we, we suspected there might be a backup because that's why it was two writers, but no, it's just yeah. one big story. No, uh, Ve- yeah. Victor I- Ibanez on the art. I think I'm saying that right. Um, so yeah, see Daddy shows up. Uh, Aquaman's chilling with the dog, uh, and um, and Jack. I've had enough of this, man. I am just like, <laughs> oh, this is Aquaman. So another one of you. I just dealt with all this. All right, easily takes him out, but in doing so, you know, uh, Amnesty is getting ready for a Founders Day uh, event, and. That just goes up in fireworks. Well, yeah, that, 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 this guy's flame thing, whatever, hits the yeah. fireworks like stage. So the fireworks go up in an explosion, and uh, Aquaman's fighting this guy. He gets mad because the, the Sea Daddy actually shoots at the dog, so he's he's he's, yeah. he's quite pissed about that. Jackson goes off to get the dog because the dog can't swim. Um, and, Which yeah. this is a, a retriever. All right, retrievers are water dogs. Bad on Aquaman for not taking his dog into the water more. All right, mm. Salty wants to swim, and it's in them all. You just you just gotta teach him. Anyways, yeah. oh, but he's not been taught. That's one of the the big plot points. Here. Yeah, uh, he's like, oh, we should really teach that dog to swim. But uh, Aquaman uses like a, a tidal wave to put out mm-hmm. the fireworks that are all burning, and yeah. you know, so the town kind of calms down, and it's like, oh shit, where'd the dog go? So. Uh, they go looking for the dog. Oh, there's a little bit here where there's a kid being really mad because of the doom symbol. Yeah, Royal. Yeah, Royal's pissed off. And he's being like, oh, I can't wait my my fun display and everything else. And Aquaman's like, no, I know you're mad, but, you know, we can use this. So Jackson goes with him to help him gather stuff for a bonfire. Uh, Aquaman goes with Tula looking for the dog. But they also need supplies for this party. They need to assemble some food and yada, yada, yada. Um, so it basically becomes what Aquaman runs into a couple of the god figures and this the the, the I, I don't remember the names yet uh, the, the the one Abney so, thank you uh, she gets Abbe. mad because uh, the the fish in the supermarket something's wrong with them and Aquaman's trying to explain no no they're frozen they're preserved uh, this is uh, this is like you know like this is normal uh, although we do find that there's a little twist later that um, that they actually well, there was something she, the fish was being recalled because there was a problem yeah. with it. So she wasn't actually wrong. Um, nope. But yeah, yeah, she gets all big and blue and scary at one point, and he scares the shit out of the the, the workers. And Aquaman's like, oh, "Can you please? I'll buy all the fish. I'll I'll buy the fish for the, I got the, this. the party yeah. thing. Uh, just calm down, woman." Um, 
but we we start hearing stories of one of the other god figures uh palling up to to salty and so we hear this from like the one of the the, the you know the the cashiers in the supermarket um but it, it, it gets kind of worrying because as time goes on it starts to sound more and more like uh he's fattening the dog up because he likes to eat dogs and he wants to eat the dog so so arthur i got super worried arthur slowly gets more and more worried as he gets more frantic looking for the yeah. dog because he's worried that salty might be getting eaten. um so that's pretty funny because uh, because because Aquaman's like just standing outside and he's like it's like he was going to he's, he's, he's just he's hearing the conversation the guy's like it's like he was going to take a bite pretty weird food he's like salty <laughs> he starts getting angry yeah. and like shouting for the dog gotta go then erica runs into him and uh we get a bit more of the sea daddy humor where she's like yeah that guy from this morning yeah. you mean sea daddy and i love the the big blue font every <laughs> every every time yeah. <laughs> every every time they mention it's like yeah, yeah i'm not calling him that yeah that's fine so no that's really good uh so and then she's like oh yeah i think i saw she was with that that old guy and he's like what him again so he grabs his trident and he goes swimming off looking for him and he sees him and he's like look look don't you dare don't you dare hurt that dog and it turns out that no, he actually was just teaching him how to swim um, right that's that's all it was is he was teaching the dog how to swim um and so it's the disaster averted the dog's fine like sacraman in the face and the guy you know locks like you know you're lucky i don't kill you right now for suspecting something you you know disrespectful little fool um but it's like no you you humans and you, you met as you have to you know overcome these things you, you know in the face of doom be better well, yeah and i liked what he was saying is that and he also adds a little bit of a dig there where he says uh he goes you know what, what you what, what people do is they create their fears and then they look at the, the the first person that they feel can justify it mm. because then it makes that those fears real even if there's nothing there and then uh, Locke looks at him and goes and by people I mean you that's what you <laughs> did Arthur and I thought that was such a fun little dig um you know, yeah, I, just, I think it did a good job of establishing two of these god characters a bit again, sort of seeing how they're integrating a little bit. Um, even Jackson gets a fun moment here at the end where Aquaman comes back and sort of admits that he did something stupid, and that Jackson's mm-hmm. like, "Damn it, I wish I'd seen that." And Aquaman's like, "Look, yeah. I'll do something dumb again. Don't worry." And you know, it's just I feel like um, you know, and hell, even at Atabir, whatever her name is. Uh, mm-hmm. When the when the guy from the store admits that something was wrong with the fish and she sure. was right, uh, she shoves a sandwich in his face. <laughs> she goes, "Here, you're welcome. Have a sandwich." Boom. <laughs> I just, thought that was pretty great. She walks off um, and he's just standing there with a sandwich sticking in his mouth. He's yeah. all shocked. Yeah. So I had to look up these gods again because I, I forgot what Atabe. Like I know they're 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 ocean and water gods. Yes. But what's fun about here is that both Locke and Atabe are both gods and goddesses of fresh water and fertility. Mm. And what's Arthur worried about right now? Ah, is, yes, his, his, his child. His incoming fatherhood. Mm. Yeah. So I th- I think that's a fun little you know, thing at work here from, from at least the writers, using these two that basically give lessons to Arthur. Not necessarily a parenting but in, in almost yeah. maturity and right? i i, I kind of like that the way that it's fighting off this feeling of doom that's coming over everyone mm-hmm. because of the, the light in the sky is basically yeah. just that's just all have something fun to remind us that we, we could, we're yeah. better than that and it ends with aquaman using his uh, powers to so all the the fish all the all the the, the luminescent fish 
make yeah. make the word amnesty, amnesty in the in the water, so you can see it through the water. And it's actually a really nice little page. Um, so no, uh, I, I thought the art was okay. Um, didn't blow me away, but I thought it was dependable uh, throughout. Yeah, you know, yeah. Did, 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 did what you need to do. It was a good read. Yeah, good read. I, honestly, for, it was obviously it's a longer issue because it's an annual, but it honestly went in quite right. quick. I, I felt I felt it was really pleasant, and mm-hmm. I, I like that it's spent this time in the supporting cast. I just I just wish it they waited a month and put it out after the next issue. But I, I guess maybe it just goes with the theme of having this light in the sky that all the issues have got this month, and that's why they wanted to put yeah. it out right now. Um, so weird because i actually was second guessing myself at the start i was like wait did that fight with black mana and the, the meta mecha man end i don't remember that ending <laughs> like, nope yeah so yeah, this was what i waited yeah, should have waited a month but i thought it was a really enjoyable slice of life issue um akaman be concerned about the dog and again i love spending time with you know erica and tula and these gods and jackson and really giving all these characters a chance to grow a little bit and get to know them and make them feel like they're really a, a defined part of the book and I think this annual, if the, if the purpose of this annual was to just give them an extra bit of time that maybe they don't have, they don't have the time for in the regular issues, then this this succeeded, um, in, in doing that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. what are you giving it, Matt? I'm gonna give this one a seven point five. I really enjoyed it, but you know the art's kind of spotty in spots. I mean, it's decent, but yeah, I'll, I'll give it a straight. I I uh, I really dig the slice of life kind of stuff. Um, when it's when, oh, it's, when, it, when it's got its own little story and is well told um yeah I, I dig it another thing real quick looking up uh so apparently it's pronounced uh his his full name is talalik um man the asherics had zero chill in their worship because <laughs> apparently <laughs> being the god of rain and whatever they would do uh ritual sacrifice mainly of children whose crying was considered to be beneficial for obtaining rain <laughs> just like Man, yet this was a, you know, Deconic and Ayala used this character for a fun lesson in teaching dogs to swim. Uh, gotta love comics, people. Yeah. He's concerned for his dog. Maybe he should be more concerned for his unborn child because... Uh... <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, that was Aquaman Annual. Uh, that'll take Matt on to Black Adam, You're the Villain, Issue 1. Oof. Um, yep. you had three books this month uh, this week that I didn't read what the hell yeah uh, you're a busy bee I, I I don't know how to stop myself yeah so this Especially is a, the Shazam family Paul Jenkins wrote this uh, with an Aki Miranda know. on the art so what was, what was this Matt so so this is one of the year the villains tie-ins although this is the first one that attempts to tie in Leviathan uh, year of the villain and the the infected interesting so <laughs> yeah and it juggles them all pretty well. So basically the story is the the people in Kandak are getting restless with Black Adam's rule. They basically want what other countries have. They want to start, you know, open elections and, um, you know, allowing unions to, uh, for the work. But, you know, Black Adam's all about keeping things as traditional as possible. So his, his generals are... Uh, his generals don't know how to approach this, you know, uh, and I kind of skipped over the beginning. So in the beginning, you see King Shazam standing over basically a crater that is uh, Black Adam. And it doesn't look, and it does one day earlier. So it doesn't look well for, for our Kandaki hero. And um, 
and that's where it gets to the part about you know his generals don't know how to how to deal with this and black adams uh, black adams meditating he has these priests all around him and he's like well you know does does the power of conduct come from the people or does it come from from me because basically i'm who the gods have picked to, to lead this place and um it all leads up to to king shazam showing up and kind of stirring up the people and going hey this country's kind of a crap hole uh you guys should deserve better and black adam's not doing anything so he's trying to turn them against them when against him and that's when black adam comes out and he thinks that he's dealing with with billy but it's it's not so they fight uh the parts of conduct are falling down it's it's this big massive brawl and uh at, at one point um billy turns back into billy thinking like that's how you beat adam um but it turns out that black adam was just keeping him keeping him busy um for for the daytime because that's when the people of conduct uh when the sun comes up they do their morning prayers to the gods and that basically charges him up uh and kind of traps him in almost like a, in a prayer circle like a belief circle and Black Adam's able to kick uh, King Shazam slash Billy out of Kandak. And there's a fun part where he, he turns him back into to the boy, um, but he covers his mouth. And he goes, you don't say anything until you get outside the city limits. And then that's when he leaves. Uh, Black Adam comes through and basically tells the generals, hey, you guys fought well for me. The people shut up when I want them to. We'll kind of give them what they want, but just keep in mind who I am and what I'm capable of. So while it wasn't as good as some of the other Year of the Villain tie-ins, it was a fun little Shazam story. So if, if you do like Shazam, uh, which who doesn't at this point, uh, mm-hmm. check, not, check it out. And you're not getting it as consistently as you might like from John's. So. <laughs> no, no. So yeah, it's it's you know it's Black Adam and Billy mainly fighting throughout most of it, and there's you know there's some little uh there's some wisdom from jenkins and and what it you know what it means to be a leader to black adam although even here he doesn't seem like he's a despot or anything he looks like like yeah the city it's like conduct's on the come up they still have a lot of work to do and they're still figuring it out but at no means it feel like he's a villain so it's almost weird why he was showcased here like i get it black adam's a, a villain you know by trade but here he wasn't seen as particularly ven- uh, venomous, <laughs> like a snake, villainous. Um, but yes, and he beats uh, King Shazam, which, which was nice. So it does show that these infected are, you know, a little bit vulnerable, if you're willing, which makes me wonder what's going to happen in Tynan. If we're going to see, like, almost an anti-hero brigade come up and, and take these guys out. Hmm. Um, so that, that could be kind of fun, because... They're neither evil nor embracing doom. They're just kind of there. Something in someone like Zod and Black Adam, like we were talking about these last week, the kind of neutral but lawful at the same time, you know, uh, those those type of characters. But yeah, um, other than that, though, I mean, it's a fun story, but I didn't think I needed to read it. I don't think anything. I, I appreciate that it did try to at least address Leviathan and Year of the Villain. So, uh, at the same time, we didn't get the doom symbol. At least I don't think so. So that was nice. 
But ultimately, it's kind of forgettable. Like it, it, it's good, but not nothing. You know, I wish I didn't read it. I read it early. Had I known you didn't read it, I probably would have skipped it. But. <laughs> I haven't read any of these one shots, Matt. How are you yeah. expecting me to read this one? I thought you would have been in for Black Adam. That's all. <laughs> you know. Also, I have a problem, and I need to shift blame to someone else. Yeah. Okay. That's so, fine. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so I'll, I'll give this one a seven. It's fine. Okay. Okay, not, not much read material, but it's there. It exists. Nah. Um, nah. All right, well, I'll take out the last book of the week then, which is Batman Curse of the White Knight, issue four. Sean Murphy on all the main duties, of course. And we ended the last issue with the death of one Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, James Gordon. Although he was no longer Commissioner because he, he handed that over to, to Montoya. He's going to run for mayor, um, but... Yep. What is important here, though, the actual moment of death here is in the hospital, which is intercut with a flashback to Gordon dropping off Barbara at school and her... You know what? Yeah. I hate Murphy for making me feel feelings <laughs> like this. <laughs> no. How dare you, sir? This is... um Yeah, this was uh, this was really well done. The Barbara yeah. is like, you know, she's a kid and she's scared because someone kind of pushed her and... Gordon's like, no, you're a fighter, you're not a princess, and don't tell your mum that, because it'll break her heart, but you're a fighter, goddammit. Yeah. Um, so, so my favourite part of this is he looks at her and goes, look, you didn't tell anybody, because you don't want to get the kid in trouble, which, that's that's the most Barbara Gordon thing I've ever heard, mm-hmm. right? And he goes, but you know what, you're going to learn in life, there's your rules and their rules, and Gordon rules are if someone pushes you, you push them back. And, and you lay an extra one in there. And don't let your mother know because you're her little princess. But secret is you're not a princess, you're a fighter. And this and, all plays out as uh, she's watching through the window as they're trying to resuscitate Gordon and it's not working. And she runs out, you know, away from Bullock and, and Montoya and Duke. And she runs past Batman. And Batman, seeing her reaction, then runs, you know, in the way. And mm-hmm. the end of this scene is Batman in this dark operating room just hugging a dead Gordon. And I'm like, oh my god, Murphy! Murphy! <laughs> That's, again, his best friend. Like, if I'm gonna class these things, like, Alfred's his dad, for lack of a better term, but Jim was his best friend. And now he's he's lost them both such throughout a, this. Such a cold, damn cold open. And you know, Barbara's angry, and Joe. You know this made me think of because she says oh, this is Batman's fault, and she she fights with Dick, yep. she fights with everyone, she she pisses off. Um, and this issue, the story is her basically hunting him down, hunting down Asriel, and going mm. after him. And it reminded me a lot of uh, a certain Rupert Giles on the hit television show Buffy the Vampire oh, Slayer. There we go. After a certain death, where he kind of goes half cocked against you know against the villain, and. Uh, the, the, the climax of it isn't exactly the same, but it's this kind of thing where she's going to get herself killed. She's not really prepared for this. Yep. She's grabbing a rifle, which she'd never oh. normally use. Bullock's going with her, because Bullock's obviously gone what to do it as well. Um, yep. And it ends in tragedy. It, I mean, does it, is this how she ends up in a wheelchair in this universe? Because it looks like Asriel breaks her back. So I didn't... So, yeah, as I was reading this, I, I got to the end, and it, it ends very abruptly, right? And it's, and it's Bruce carrying her out, and Dick asking, where's Barbara? So I had to go back, and I'm looking through to see if I missed something. And yeah, he, Azrael's got her in almost like a crucifix position and then hits her with a knee strike square in the middle of the back. And we all know he's already amped up on whatever mm-hmm. the Order of St. Dumas you know, the training did for him. 
And I'm, and that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking now that she's not going to be able to be on the GTO now because this is how in this version of the Bat Mythos she becomes Oracle, and she almost becomes Oracle in a way to prevent stuff like this happening again. The lack of information that leads to all of this. It's in, yeah, it's interesting. It's kind of her own fault at this time. Like she she yeah. she she went off like ready to fight. Um, she she may still blame Batman because Batman stops. Uh, you know because because yeah. at one point Bullock's like take the shot because Batman's grabbed his gun and of, he's Batman he's not going to take the shot with a gun. Um, but yeah. like so I I think this will be an interesting kind of uh, character study for Barbara when we see how she reacts to what's happened and maybe she mm-hmm. realizes her mistakes. Um, I love how Montoya gets pissed because now she's commissioner and Batman like Batman's out the scene and she's like, wait, did he always do that with Gordon? That must have so drove good. him nuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, and I wanted to see uh, Dick give a laugh, like uh, if you only knew. Yeah, the mood's not you know? there for it though. The mood, the mood's not right no. at the time because Gordon's just died. No. But uh, Batman, uh, Harley's had her kids, her twins. Uh, yeah. Batman goes to see Leslie Thanks. Tompkins and we find Leslie. out yep. that Leslie knew about the journal and she actually went with alfred to get it from this priest from the order of saint damas who got it from the joker so we get this weird flashback as she's telling the story uh to them going to see this priest and it turns out the room's actually an illusion like you know when the priest disappears yeah. like the entire room turns into like a, an abandoned like basement it's not a real yeah. functional place um but alfred's showing up with a rapier he's there he, like with a sword ready to take him out yeah yep yep it's in the oldest part of gotham uh-huh. and he basically tells him that, you know, well, she tells Bruce that Alfred dealt with this because he had just started being Batman and that it was his job to protect him. That's the the promise he made to the Waynes. And this is how he was going to do it because uh, he felt, Alfred felt that Bruce didn't need to deal with this type of thing. But Leslie kind of feels at the end here, like this guy who very much reminded me of Jason Blood, right? Like with, with the hair wispy and, and whatnot, mm. that... This is a blood feud that goes all the way back to the founding of Gotham and that maybe Bruce should have dealt with it earlier um, and that keeping it a secret ultimately is what's leading to this now. So I like that Tompkins is, is that voice from the outside. I mean, she was there, but she had no, you know, she had no say in what was going on. Um, so for her to tell the story to Bruce... Um, but, you know, I loved all that because, again, that's that's what I'm here for in this book. Yeah, it's teasing the history and the mythology of this stuff, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And then, But, you know, you have all the emotion with Barbara for the fight and her wanting to go after Asriel uh, and ultimately into her downfall. And so, no, this is a really tight issue. It's, again, it's very focused. Um, I feel like these issues have been getting more focused as they go because the first one had so much to introduce. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this and the last one have both been very, very well told. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. as a storyteller, Murphy's getting better. I, I think this is better yeah. than the first mini. Um, oh, and, yeah. And I, and I had a couple I, of conceptual problems with the first mini, um, yeah. but I think this one is conceptually better, but it's also just better this told. Is, this is leading into his strengths. Like, the, some of the gothic architecture mm. in, in the vampires, I might be a little biased, because you know, Survival of the Fittest is my, one of my favorite comic books ever uh, from American Vampire. So... Um, but no, um, I feel like the, the the White Knight was a story he had to tell so he could tell this one. Like he had to set a lot of these things in motion with with Napier and and Gotham and Bruce, you know, having that wedge with the elites and whatnot. All needed to be there so he could tell this one. Um, and then you even get the the vibe that 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 Jean Paul is being played. Mm. Like we we kind of knew that, but he starts to 
feel that now, you know? Um, but yeah, and then it ends with, with Bruce carrying out Barbara in that way, and it just goes black. And I'm just like, oh, man, this read way too quick. I love this book. No, it did. And I think one of my problems with the, the first mini, actually, is that some of the issues did not read quick, but it was overwordy. No. So, so shockingly yeah. so, because you think an artist writing his own book would let his yeah. art speak for itself. But mm-hmm. um, So, no, I like that. I appreciate that. I think he's becoming a stronger storyteller. I think he's balancing his art and his writing better, this this arc, yeah. this, this, this mini. Um, and he's winning me over. Uh, so I can't really say much yeah. better things than that. Uh, which is why I'm giving this issue a nine. Matt, how do you feel? Ooh. Yeah, I'm giving it a nine point five. Oh, okay. <laughs> you taught him that. I, I had that written down beforehand. Um, but yeah, this this might sweep the the best ofs. Oh, um, we'll see, we'll see, because we're just yeah, getting there. Then yeah. that takes us on to the, the part of the show where we pick our favorite stuff of the week, favorite panel slash moment, favorite art, favorite cover, and of course, top five books. So, favorite panel slash moment, Matt. What do you got? Uh, so it's from White Knight. It, it's it's that sequence that you brought up at the very beginning with young Barbara talking to to Gordon about your rules and their rules. Mm-hmm. And you're not a princess. You're a fighter. Ah, oh, that hit me because no one knowing that Gordon's not making it out. I I am basically picking the same thing. Although I'm going to specifically go with Batman hugging his dead body at the end because that yeah, uh... the the chills, so, man. So so the one that got me more than that is is Bruce on his knees to to Leslie. When he says Gordon's gone, and I was just like, "Oh my God, you never see Bruce like this." So you know, yeah, man, Murphy's doing it. Yeah. Uh, favorite uh, cover? I'm gonna to have to look at these actually. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. There's there's a lot of good ones. You got uh, you got the, the Batman Superman with with the evil Superman there drawn the 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 it looks like in blood the bat symbol on his chest. Justice League Dark looks pretty good. Um, Flash, you have all the rogues' hands. Um, White Knight, a really cool, fun image of, of Barbara. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there's a bunch to pick from. I think you said a lot of the ones I'd be considering there. Uh, I actually like Batgirls. Uh, it's just like her boots kind of like... Yeah, bats of, flying out. Yeah, and there's bats flying out of them. Um, White Knight does look really good with Barbara, um, kind of spotlighting her. Uh, I do like the Batman Superman one uh, with the bloody bat symbol over the Superman mm-hmm. logo. Um, and I do like the flash bomb with all the hands. Um, if I'm pecking one... Although, this is actually kind of weird. These are all regular covers. I, I don't have any variants on my yeah. options list. So a lot of the variants this week were deceased. So you don't have mm-hmm. a lot of good ones. However, the White Knight variant with Alfred and a rapier... Yes. That's cool. That's pretty cool. good too. Um, I think... Push comes to shove. I'm going to pick. Oh, I would pick Flash. I like that cover. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with White Knight. With with, with I, I could do either or of the the Alfred or the Barbara. But I think I'll go with the the, the Barbara. We all know I have a much uh, noted thing for redheads. So you know, I gotta. You've got to go with that one. Yes, I have. I have yeah. photographic evidence of a Sophie yes, Turner stand-up uh, that Matt might have vandalized with his passion. I did, it was like that when I got there. I swear, it's not a joke. That was not me. Uh huh. Also, she's she's not a real blonde, Pete. I've moved on. She's not a real blonde. No, I was not a real blonde. She's not a real redhead. She's actually blonde. <laughs> well, so, well, Emma Stone's yeah. not a natural redhead either. You can still get into her. Yeah, I know. 
Yeah, that's not well, no, not literally. I mean, that's what he's hoping for, but no, yeah, no, never. <laughs> Is it maybe a bubbling mess? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so that's covered. Uh, best art of the week. It's it's Murphy. I'm not even gonna. Marquez is good, like it's fantastic. But it for me, it's Murphy. I'll give a shout out to Kudransky. Uh, Kudransky, really good. yeah, yeah. GD Dominico on Batgirl is also pretty solid. Um, mm-hmm. but I actually think I'm going to give it to Marquez. I mean, obviously, ooh, I mean, obviously, Knight, obviously, White Knight. You know, Sean Murphy's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, the art in uh, Batman Superman was speaking to me, so I'm going to edge it out over Murphy. Uh, perhaps just to be interesting, but uh, I'm going to go with that. Uh, so, top five books, Matt. On you go. Okay, let me just send off this text. Number one, Curse of the White Knight. Uh, number two, Action Comics. Number three, Batman Superman. Number four is... Hmm, Justice League Dark. Uh, and wait, no, Justice League Dark, then Batman Superman, um, and then what's number five? Let's go Batgirl, Batgirl number five, round it out. Cool. Uh, my number one is Curse of the White Knight, number two is Action Comics, number three is Batman Superman, number oh, three lineup. I know, number four. Batgirl number five is the Aquaman annual. There you go. But what else did I leave off? Hold on. I'm confused here for a second. I have read seven books. Oh yeah, two left off. That, that's fine. Yeah, obviously, Wonder Woman and Flash were definitely the two that were making it. They were definitely the yeah. two like, warm ones. Yeah. Um, Alright, there you go. That is, a, that is a top five books of the week. Which leads me to tell you what is coming next week. Uh, if I can find my tab. There we go. Alright, so next week it's a fifth week although DC have been doing a better job recently I think of stocking the fifth <laughs> week maybe too good yeah they did it over they did too good of a job this time yeah uh, so yes yeah, so what do we have so we have Basketful of Heads number one that's the first of the, the the Hell House horror comics looking forward to that very excited for that we have Batman the Outsiders Annual uh, so that should be cool yeah. uh, we have the Batman Annual number four uh, yeah. which should be interesting uh I'm skipping the giants. I'll just make make a point of saying there's yeah. a bunch of giants out next week, which is the yeah, hundred page all, things. So you have the Aquaman giant, the DC Ghost giant, which that one's a that one's a reach. Um and oh yeah, those are the only two. Just those two. Uh, deceased number six is out. Obviously, it's the close to Halloween. Yeah. Obviously, by the time our episode because it'll be in November, but mm-hmm. um, they're releasing that just in time for Halloween. Uh, so deceased um, number six. Oh, yeah. What's the horror variant there? Uh, is, what is that of? Is that critters? Is that uh, yeah, I think it was Critters, yeah. Okay, um, gotcha. So, you got that, and then we have Harley number two, so that's super yeah. exciting. Um, we have Joker Killer Smile issue one. Yeah, that's the Lemire. That's the Lemire uh, book. Yeah. Um, we got Last God issue one. Connor will probably read that. Yep, yeah, I, I, I probably won't. Uh, Nightwing annual number two. I will not be reading, no that, reading that, because Rick Grayson. Oh, wait a minute. Well. Hold on, hold on. Let's see oh, what God. this is about, Pete. Oh, uh, all of it shattered Nightwing's life was shot. Was wait, was the shot fired by KG Beast and the now infamous Batman Fifty Five changed the course of Dick Rick Grayson's career? Go inside those early moments of Rick's new knife. No, I don't. Oh, your mate, your mate, Matt, Matt, your mate's going. <laughs> <laughs> Even the mate doesn't want to hear about this. <laughs> oh man, I thought 
hey, we're going to undo this. Starting here. Nah. Nope. No, 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 no. Uh, so yeah. we got that. Sandman Universe uh, special Hellblazer issue one. This is the lead into to the actual new Hellblazer series. Yep. Uh, Tales from the Dark Multiverse Death of Superman number one is next week. Oof. So uh, we're looking at that. Uh, and then Wonder Woman Annual number three is also out. So um, in terms of what I'm reading, I'm, I'll be reading for sure Basketful of Heads, Outsiders Annual, Batman Annual, Deceased, Harleen, and Tales from the Dark Multiverse. So I've still got six books, even without trying anything really weird. Oh, and Joker Kill Smell. I've got seven books. Yeah, what? me too, Pete. Seven. Me too. So week five. Uh, and they're all oversized. <laughs> except for maybe Deceased. Although I think Deceased is. I think, uh, uh, didn't Tom Taylor say they're giving them I, I more pages? Maybe, yeah. So seven oversized books on a week five, you pricks. <laughs> and I'm not yeah. even reading them all. I, I, I'm ignoring Nightwing. I'm ignoring the, the uh, Sandman. Wonder Woman. Whatever else. Oh dear! Wait, how long is Killer Smile? Because I know it's one of three. Is this is this as long as Harley? Is this an eighty-page? I don't know. I don't know. It may not be. It may just be like forty. No, because it's six. It's a six-dollar book. Uh, Harley's an eight. Yeah, so it'll which, be probably forty-ish. Yeah, which I might have to get a co- copy for my brother because I got him to read the first one. He really mm. enjoyed it. And on Maui, he's not sure if there's still a comic shop open. So I might be having to facilitate that form yeah yeah my so, wife won't like but oh yeah this is lemire and sorrentino i have to read this which one's lemire um, and sorrentino oh the uh, joker it, one yeah it's the joker and it's it's one of the bigger prestige formats too it's the sure. eight and a half by ten so shoot. prestige plus i believe is what they started calling it yes. last week in the solicits prestige plus <laughs> Dang it. So, that's uh, that said, Matt's not here next week, so... No, uh, but I'm still going to try to get it done before... Um, yeah, we're going we're going uh, to Nosberry Farm. So should be fun. Yeah, if you could send in your ratings and stuff. Uh, yeah, 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 I'll try to get it done. As we go through the books. Uh, um, Connor's going to be back, though, so you're going to have me and Connor for uh, this. You poor uh, people. I know, I know. Um, I'll try and get a photo. That, that fool tried to tell me that two plates at a buffet was too much. Uh-huh. I was like, do you know who you're talking to? No, you need to eat more, Connor. Then you to get on my level, bud. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'll try and get a photo of the all two cats to replace Matt next week for the video version. <laughs> so, since Firefly's filling in for Connor this week, yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, there you go. So that's what's coming next week. Uh, so eventful week five, bizarre. <laughs> Who would you say was the chaotic neutral one? That's who you should put there. Chaotic neutral. Which are your cats? Yeah, oh, like that's, Garrus. that's Garrus. Garrus is the chaotic yeah. neutral one. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, you you little mess. Um, so yeah, that is a uh, that has been the week's show. That is College from the Multiverse ish mm. number one seven eight. I think. Sounds sure, about, sounds about right. I don't know. So in that in that in that realm. Um, but yeah. Uh, so to wrap up, I shall remind you that there is a, a weekly TV version of this show called television from the multiverse this week it was just me on my own because connor was away but uh talking about supergirl batwoman arrow and the flash um maybe you like my thoughts on those you can go check that out if you want to and um, we can check out that obviously check out the content that we have we have a couple of movie podcasts we have the horror movie podcast screams after midnight which has been put out an episode every single day in october which is not a normal thing that is just for october uh normally weekly with maybe the odd extra here or there but there's a sci-fi movie podcast called The Atomic Cinema Experiment uh, that I'm also on that I do with Tara, Screams After Midnight's with Tim. Uh, so check out those for some movie thoughts on some various things. If you just like, you know, 
conversation i guess and you're interested mm-hmm. in movies um so check out that as i said there was a review of the watchman first episode uh which was surprisingly pretty good so uh, maybe check that out as well um but yeah that is uh that is all that stuff uh so you can support us of course uh by rating the podcast on apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this uh, give us five stars it shares it out a little bit more more people will find us that way you can support us financially by going over to patreon.com slash tv and doing that for as little as one dollar per month which helps a lot keeps all the content coming and uh you get some bonuses for the various shows that we have um and maybe i'll talk matt into something at some point for patreon i don't know uh we'll we'll see we'll see what happens but uh you could do all that and uh check out all the stuff and get us on twitter of course at dc comics podcast uh for updates and other shenanigans um but that is otherwise us that has been the podcast so thank you once again for watching and listening we always appreciate it keep reading dc comics guys and remember to never get lost in the speed force (laughs) 